0: How do you do, fellow gamers? It's Hotline League episode 137. And boy, has there been some gaming this past week. We're gonna be talking about all those video games right here on the Travis Gafford channel. <clears throat> I'm joined by my constant co-host Mark Zimmerman this week. How's it going, Mark?
1: It's going pretty good. Yeah. Nothing new, nothing different at all. Nothing well, to take note of.
0: Yeah, your background all. is different. Uh we'll get into that in a second because I want to include our guests in that discussion. Medios is here after weeks and weeks of me messaging him, not getting replies, then messaging his GF and saying, How should I mess talk to Medios about this? I don't want to go through you. And she says, No worries, I'm gonna help. And then I say, No, don't do that. I don't want him to think I'm going to his GF to try to get this. And then she said, No, it's fine. And then I get a message from Medios that says, I'm down for the next one. He's here. How's it going, Medios?
1: Thank you for that awesome introduction. <laughs> glad to be here. My GF forced me to do this, so let's get it over with.
0: <laughs> that's, that's what I figured. <laughs> as always, you're as enthusiastic to be here as all of our other guests. Here, that I'm so glad here's, to be here.
1: Here's my trick, Medios. If it gets overwhelming, you start complaining about Spectrum and suddenly disappear. Yeah. That's, I, I keep one of those in the rainy day oh, once a year. Yeah. yeah. There's a. Yeah, I did just get my internet set up. It's been a little flaky. So the heat yeah, wave no. also can fuck with it. there has been a heat wave going on. Yeah,
0: Mark. Yeah. Mark has been taking some pointers from Dash recently. Uh, the I was they're on the Los Angeles subreddit actually today. There's just a a thread that's like shout out to Spectrum, the worst internet provider in the city. Uh, so we'll give them a really? the shout out too. Yeah, you
1: know it, it's weird because. When it was Time Warner Cable, I I thought it was just the absolute worst. But since it's been Spectrum, I've had no issues with it. Like my my last two were Spectrum, and it, it's actually been really good.
0: Well, and you're I'm not being chill. Able to say that you're I'm undermining not, our actually, our, our actually been chill. Yeah. Either way, uh, to some to shout out to a brand that doesn't suck, which is Alienware. <laughs> we'll talk more about them as as the show goes on. But Mark. Your background uh uh-huh. I I'm, I'm looking at the back and I'm I'm just I'm surprised that there's not a uh live laugh love plaque uh hung up on the wall.
1: Is that? All right. It looks like a shower curtain, but that can't be a shower in your living room.
0: Yeah, what's going on?
1: It's actually uh, some new art decor, you know, where you take a shower head and put it right in the center of your living room. You just
0: What does it say? Fade.
2: Um I forget. It's a it's a Hogwarts uh thing. Okay. Oh. I can't
1: read it. I think it's it spelled. looks
0: like it says Draco at the top.
1: I think it maybe says Draco. Is that Hermione? The second one. Okay. One looks like it says to t- t-
2: Okay. I don't know what is going Actually, on with it. Why is it there? All
1: the hot, uh, Harry Potter movies recently. All eight. Yep. At uh, recently, as in like, probably within a week ago. Are you wow. including the the Um, Snoot Scamander, oh. Fantastic Beast garbage? God no. Okay. God no.
0: What? <laughs> Did you Newt Commander? Is that what you called him?
1: <laughs> Newt Scamander. Jesus okay. fucking Christ.
0: I mean, yeah. anyway, what can we actually just again? I know you're trying to move the conversation along, but what is going on in the background? What's going on? Why are we not in your oh, normal I, environment?
1: I, I'm in. I'm in my living room. Um, because Ashley is has to work early for for the next uh, two days. They're calling her in at six a.m., so she's getting up at like five. So okay. she wants to go to bed at like nine. And what is that in the background? So that, like I said, it's, it's just a blanket. it's it oh. One, it gets really bright in this room. Gotcha. Uh, and also with the heat wave, the sun is hot. So we've been hanging those up over our windows to keep it darker and chiller in, in the uh, living room when we're watching TV and stuff.
0: I'll never forget that in, in like 2015, 2014 time. There might, might have even been a gaming house that Medios was in. I walked in and did multiple tours where Riot had at one point in time sent out a bunch of posters of, like, different League of Legends characters and stuff. And the players had all crumpled the posters up and shoved them into the window sills and duct taped them over the windows to stop the light coming in because they, these houses apparently did not have shades or blinds uh, I mean, by default.
1: You're not so, a real gamer. You know, you're not a real gamer if you haven't, a ghetto rig some black light curtains.
0: Yeah. Well, it was just an, inter- I'm sure Riot did not expect their posters to be repurposed as, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, it's been a crazy week, uh, with a lot of wild stuff. I think the TSM Golden Guardians game or match stands out to me as the, the most interesting match, but I don't know what, what stands out to you guys from the past week. Any, any breaking news, any big stuff, any big stories you guys are interested in?
1: Oh, I think FlyQuest beating C9 was pretty big. Yeah. Um well, Oh, that's right. That did happen this uh, week.
0: It feels like so long ago because we're almost back to Thursday. But
1: yeah, I mean, I've been liking it league every day. You like yeah. yeah. do this week? Cause there's there's no games to watch. How do you like co-streaming? Have you been enjoying it? Travis has been watching you instead of the analyst desk. Yeah, uh, co-streaming is a lot of fun. Um. When I first heard about it it is while I was playing, so it felt kind of weird to do it while also playing, because you know, a lot of it's talking about strategy. But now that I'm not playing at the moment, I decided to try it, and super fun to do it with Sneaky. Um, Just feels like, you know, watching a game with your friend, trying to be somewhat educational, like throw some tips in there, throw some jokes in there, and uh, it's super chill, like having a good time with it. And for the most part, it seems like people enjoy it, so going to look to keep doing
0: that yeah i've been really enjoying your guys' stream a lot it's uh it's a a very chill stream uh which is not what i expect right because i think the the league stream is always you know kobe and whoever else you know zale etc just like oh and they're going it. oh this is crazy oh my god and then you listen to the other co-streams and it's usually a lot of outrage uh about how terrible north america is doing and so the fact that you guys are like, yeah, that was pretty troll. Don't really know what was going on there. That's 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 weird. I really enjoyed it when you, when when Sneaky criticized Bang, and you spent three minutes asking Sneaky how many <laughs> world championships Sneaky had won. Uh, well,
1: yeah, I, I just think it's funny Sneaky's criticizing a world champion, two time world champion when he hasn't even won once. Like I, I
0: don't get it. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was pretty good. Uh, so either way, I would recommend people check out uh, Medios and Sneaky's co streams. They've been really enjoyable for me to, as as we've been going through playoffs. Um, but yeah, and way better than the analyst desk. I don't even those those guys are not even worth paying attention to. I
1: don't think I've said anything. Well, cool. if I'm on the analyst desk, you can pay attention to it. That's but... true.
0: That's true. If only we what could if... get Sneaky and Medios uh, co streams onto the analyst desk, and then afterwards they go back to casting.
1: What if we just merge the two? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, be on doing... something. we'll just put you next to us, but we'll be on separate audio channels. No, how does this work? Right ear, left ear? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, no, to, that's, you, um... you guys should just do the analyst desk yourselves. Fuck it.
0: <laughs> uh, one, one other big topic that we should discuss, which now I guess would relate to that Golden Guardians SM match, but I think there was a lot of drama or conversation around the Biofrost treats. Thing. tsm tweet tweeting that they would play their their best player and then deleting Another the tweet player. later on uh which i thought was interesting they but they deleted the tweet like a day later so that was what was kind of strange to me anyway that was that a spicy is weird
1: one. i feel like deleting it a day later is strange yeah usually i feel like tweets get all the attention they're going to get in like the first 24 hours yeah yeah
0: I, I could be wrong. Maybe it was, like, 12 hours later. But whatever. The point was, like, it was getting a lot of flame within the first couple hours. And it wasn't until the next day, um, like, overnight. That they, so,
1: they on it. that, I wonder, Medias, how do you feel about it? Because on the one hand, I, I I laugh at it because it's so clearly just the wrong thing to say. And it's pretty easy <laughs> to say the right thing. You know, where it's, like, the player who gives us the best chance to win will play. Like, that's that's all you have to say. But for some reason, they they, they messed it up. That's more like a PR thing. Do you think it actually matters to the players? Like, do you think Biofrost or, or or his treat's tilted because he feels like the org has decided Bio is the better player? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the wording's definitely not great. I think it's kind of like... I, I think it's much better to phrase it in a way saying, you know, like, this setup has been working better for us because a lot of the time it's it's hard to compare players linearly like that. You know, I'm sure there's some players that will perform really well on one team but they might do really poorly on another team, and vice versa. So, uh, I think they probably should have said it more along those lines, like you know, whoever we feel more comfortable with, whoever the team's been gelling with best. Yeah. that's a better way of doing it rather than just saying like, "Yeah, we're going to use the better player. The guy we're not using is just bad." That kind of thing. It's it's like <laughs> they're it's not bad; not just really... not as good. Exactly, but yeah. I, everyone knows how you're never gonna... to play with them again. <laughs> yeah, I just think using like a comparative word like that. Um, isn't that helpful i think it is a little disrespectful for whoever they're not playing
0: other big news i don't know how big a news but i guess the a uh some sort of conference in china the tencent conference has has put out the dates for worlds um now I actually can't find the reddit thread i saw it earlier though maybe i saw it on twitter um where you could actually see the schedule across you know groups and and semis etc uh, that was interesting. And then I think also the FBI flame um, started a lot of conversation, continuing a conversation from last last week when Mark was just hard flaming Poom. So, <laughs> Pooh gang? Yes.
1: Oh, God. Nah, how could that you that say was... that, dude? Watch your TOS on Twitch. <laughs> no, nah, I, I remember reading your tweet, and I was like, wow, that's like – it, sure, it was funny, but it was definitely like I could see people getting offended by that. And then I read all the responses and I was like, wow, Mark's getting shit on. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those things where I was like, yeah, it's just supposed to be a dumb throwaway joke along craps, caps, lep, all those other like, oh, you had a bad series, laugh at it things. I get like I, I We talked about this last week. Yeah, I we get did, it. Yeah. I, oh, okay. I get why, why people get mad. I mean, if you, have, if you want to talk about it, I'm down to it again. But my general thing was like, yeah, I wasn't supposed to incite flame. I understand punch up versus punch down compared to like the craps, craps, crumbs, dumbs thing. He's a new mm. player. Um, yeah. People, people read a lot further into it. Whereas like every time I've been on the AD talking about him, I've been, even when criticizing him, relatively complimentary. So I was surprised people latched on to the throwaway poo gang tweet. But yeah.
0: What can you do? I only brought it up in because it it I feel like that the conversation that took place around him was somewhat continued with the conversation around f b i getting angry oh, messages after his misplaying. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah that that was interesting um i I didn't the only thing I saw about that was who he's tweet saying something to the extent of like like spend your time better like if if you're just yeah. f b i because of that like you're wasting your time kind of thing. Oh. There's a, there's a lot of, so I'd be actually curious to hear what you think, because you've been a public figure for a long time, if it's gotten worse. Like, the amount of people who just slide into your DMs, if you have open DMs and talk shit, versus, like, tweet at you. Because, uh, like, even for the poo gang thing, a lot of, like, uh, the 100 Thieves fanboys and stuff slid into the DMs for me and were like, kill yourself! And all the, the typical stuff, oh, wow. and I'm, I'm sure players get it all the time, too, for bad performances, or even, maybe it's less aggressive than that, but it's more like, bot gap, double if shit on you, get better 80 wins or something. Do you think that's gotten worse in recent times? Or has it kind of always been like that and people are just talking about it more? Uh, it's hard to say. I, I think for me personally, I think it, it's actually not been as bad as it used to. But I mean, for one, I don't have open DMs. Uh, I, I don't know why people have open DMs, <laughs> honestly, in the first place. Like, I, I don't see a huge advantage to that. Most of the people I want to talk to like, can DM me. You know, like, I'll, I'll be following them. Yeah. Uh so I, I think having open DMs is probably kind of asking for that in a sense and I also think that um ever since Twitter made that like content filter thing where it'll like not show obviously offensive uh like mentions to people like you kind of have to dig to find it. It definitely hasn't been as bad as it was, but I know that back in the day like it mostly happened on Facebook more than anything else, which I haven't touched in a long time. But I would like look through my messages and, you know, you just get the extremes after you win. It's like people worshiping you thinking you're, you know, just the best player of all time. And then after you lose, people are just like, you know, just saying incredibly offensive things. So uh, I don't know. I feel like it's it's always kind of been happening. But there's, I think there are ways to sort of not expose yourself to it. Because what's the point of reading stuff like that? It's just people being angry.
0: LS is in the chat. He's scoping out the other co stream competition right now. Hey, I can... Did
1: he say anything or did you just creep?
0: Uh, no, I saw he, he put like a little emote in and then a bunch of people freaked out, which is which is how things go. He had like 44K viewers the, uh, for that series. Uh, hey, oh, yeah, I yeah. saw to tweet
1: about that. That's, that's crazy. Co streaming. It's doing going, really well.
0: Going bonkers.
1: How, I, how um, many viewers did the whole series get? Because I know the Twitch one was the highest I saw in a long time on the mainstream. It was like 230 ish or something, I think.
3: Yeah, Sometime it's all the TSM
1: did. fans coming out of hiding as soon as they start winning. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure TSM has a lot of fans. Uh, they, they definitely have vocal fans. So,
0: I'm not a fan of any team in particular. I'm just a fan uh-huh. of whichever uh, team happens to be up. playing the best League of Legends, and right now that team is TSM.
1: That's not true at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, bro. Played some really good League of Legends. That was some top-tier League of Legends, dude. <laughs> Giving up Infernal Soul got him right where you want them.
0: Yeah, well, I'm sure, I'm sure I'm sure we're going to talk about that. I mean, they beat they beat Golden Guardians who I thought was going to make it to the World Finals against FlyQuest. So clearly they're they're doing quite quite well. There's something else that I was oh, going. Guess what?
1: All all of our Golden Guardians are going to Worlds. Takes are dead. Yeah. I was using those to pad out the show, and now they're all gone. <laughs> yeah. What are we going to do?
0: I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking about that because we've had can no longer have it. What what you'll do is, I'm sure you'll you'll pull a caller who's like, I think Golden, Golden Guardians is, is gonna to to go to Worlds next year. Yeah. <laughs> okay. there was a Reddit thread saying that they hope the roster stays together, and I kind of agree with that. Um, I think it'd be really yeah. cool to to see that happen because I, it does feel like, um, you know, this is not like this. I mean, a lot of people criticize Reggie for like breaking up the what 2016 TSM roster, but I you can kind of understand like okay they weren't getting the results they wanted at Worlds so you can kind of like this is a relatively new roster with some newer faces and some some newly redeemed faces i will guess i guess i will say and oh that re- that reminds me i know okay before we get into callers i'll just i'll say this he's not in the chat right now so he can't stop me from saying this and this is his punishment for not being here um okay. but raz oh messaged me um after Okay, so so Hunter, I talk to Hunter sometimes, who runs Golden Guardians, a friend of mine. I mentioned that we still to work together, and he was uh, especially as as Hoohee, who I have been I've poked fun at Hoohee about uh, about some stuff in the past because I felt like it was wild to see as many people um, felt maybe him show up as a support player for Golden Guardians. and was not not very excited about that move, and so I've been critical of that in the past. And so Hunter Hunter was like. Hey, Travis, where's the apology, huh? To me and my GM for your hoo flame. And Raz, this must have been a coordinated effort inside Golden Guardians. Hunter denies that it was, but Raz sent me a video of him. You know how he does those, like, videos on his phones? Of him yelling into the the phone, talking about how I needed to apologize for the hoo stuff. And he did that after the second win, or second game win, when it looked like they were going to 3-0. And oh. I replied to him and i said if you get reverse swept i'm tweeting this oh, and he no. wrote back impossible and then after they the tsm won that third game i put the period in I just put a period in he said we give them one, we're going merciful we're, we're merciful and uh and anyway they started losing so I, yeah. you cursed them I, yeah, he, I think he he cursed them i i
1: got a great one if c9 doesn't make it I cannot wait to bring up the Travis clip of him on this show, being like, "We should just auto qualify C nine to World." <sighs> Travis was cursing everyone. Why okay. are you doing
0: this? So let's let's be clear. I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because there were a bunch of people tweeting at me, being like, "Travis, remember when you just wanted to auto qualify these guys to Worlds?" <clears throat> I remember. I wanna I'm gonna use this, and this will be somebody clip this, please, so that I can send it to all the the snarky Twitter people. Um, but. What I said at the time was like, imagine a world where we find out we cannot get a North American team to worlds unless we send them early. This was at a because time when C9 it. was winning nonstop. And I stand by the idea that if we, dis- we got news that we- it was either send you know, a team early or don't send one at all, that we should send C9 early at that point in the thing. Now, obviously, if, for instance, we had to decide what teams we were sending to Worlds right now, I'm not going to make the argument that, like, we should auto-qualify C9, you know, but I I think there's a lot of people who are are reinterpreting what I had said, which was like, right now, we should just send them off, we should just qualify them right now, and clearly that was, that was right. not what I said.
1: That's some professional backtracking you got there, Travis. Yeah. It's
0: an explanation. Yeah, you, you got the whole yeah, trail yeah, marked for yeah. the
1: way back. You got all those little signposts of mm-hmm. how to get back. Make sure you leave breadcrumbs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is.
0: I'm learning a lesson that I, I've probably learned before, which is I shouldn't talk about hypotheticals because people will insist that you're making that assertion as if it's right now the actual case. You know what I mean? It's uh. whatever. I will say, though, that I was right on one thing. I will, I will take credit for this. And then we really got to get into calls, but, uh, I, I said that TSM, I thought I had this intuition that TSM were going to win, even though people thought golden guardians would, would take it. And even though golden guardians, the three TSM did win, it was close, but I did call that. So there you go. Nice. The plot armor has, uh, you, you curse them, though,
1: so Yeah. uh, it wasn't a fair competition.
0: Whatever. Mark, you, you want to explain how the show works?
1: Uh, no, we got enough people in here tonight.
0: Okay. Should I, should I explain like, it anyways?
1: Yes. Okay, fine. So if you haven't done it in a while. Have I not? If you guys haven't seen it before, it's a live call-in show, so I'm going ahead and spamming Twitch chat with the Discord link. You want to go ahead, join up at Discord, and then uh, join the Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2 voice channels. Mute once you get in there. No one wants to hear your mouth breathe. Then in the Pleb Topics text channel, you'll go ahead and write in whatever it is that you want to talk about please try and make sure it's a take. Uh, those are preferred. But I think with Meteos, we can probably ha- take some questions too. Um, but generally, we prefer takes. You think C9 is going to make worlds still and that despite their stumbles, they'll be great, whatever. Something like that. Uh, if we like your take, we'll pull you into the waiting room where you will hang out until it's your turn. Then we'll do a quick audio check with you in there. And once you're good, you'll be in the on-air room talking with Meteos.
0: Wait, should I play Boggers. Should I play while you're gathering uh, people?
1: I, I play people the Raz...
0: Video, no, not like not I way. won't show it. I'll just play the audio. Because Raz just I'm showed up and said, more. "Did you? Did he play the video?" And he's already. He's like, oh, "I'm already doomed." So I feel like I should just play it. All right, fine. I'm it. gonna let arrow decide. arrow gets to decide. Um, because I feel hey, like he's in... your
1: fellow coach, or
0: arrow says, "Do it." Okay, I got permission from arrow There we go. All right. Uh, you guys might have to listen to the stream if you want to hear it. Um, but let me find it. Cause I can't. I can't play it into Discord. Where
2: is it?
0: Oh, here we go.
4: Ah, uh, Travis Gaffer.
3: Glad you could come. Look, uh, we talked,
1: we had the conversation, but it would appear as though you still haven't sent me my apology. Where is it? Where is my apology?
3: I expected it at my desk. At 12 o'clock. I heard you talking all that shit for weeks upon weeks about Hui. And I ain't seeing.
0: He's opening his blinds. In the video. That apology. I need it. I need that apology, old man. I don't know why he called me an old man. Anyway, so that was, that was the message I got after game two. Um, so, Mark, you want to go grab our first caller? I would love to, actually. Thank you.
1: That's a pretty big curse. <laughs> That's a curse tweet to make.
0: Yeah, I think... Uh,
1: That's like the Alex Penn tweet. Yes.
0: Yes, I agree. Sheronimo, thank you for the nine months. Cruise 44 Big Country JRPG, Rayman, Erotic Chalk the, the bow justin c scott original sale small long boater michael dark archon uh, oh, brandy wine is here and they've got a fan blowing straight into their microphone brandy wine where are you calling from
5: no that's just my computer uh, uh i am calling from adelphi maryland
0: oh nice what do you uh what do you want to talk about on the show tonight
5: yeah, so tonight, uh, my take is that the GG TSM matchup in playoffs reveals the big problem uh, with the at least this style of double elimination because GG is going home, but they had a five three record against TSM in playoffs, uh, and they were punished essentially for winning early, um, and then had to go into the rematch after or into the rematch after losing to T or to T- while TSM had momentum after playing a much weaker opponent in the losers bracket.
0: Punished. I'm curious why you say punished.
5: Uh, Well, just because after, like, they're essentially, you get, like, a free loss if you're on the top side, and their free loss was against a much harder team uh, than the one that TSM had. But I think the bigger issue here is that it was, like, across playoffs, GG had a 5-3 record against TSM, but TSM are the ones going on.
0: I mean that. So that I that sticks out to me more is like kind of the ridiculousness of this of GG beating them five games in a row, and then still not uh, making it out. So I I can totally yeah. I get that vibe. Uh, Medios, what do you think of this? Especially given you know you've played in, pre- in the playoffs and underneath the previous format.
1: Yeah, well I definitely kind of agree with you that it, it feels super weird in double elimination when. You know, like you said, the, I think the momentum thing's pretty big because a lot of the time with teams, uh, after you win a series, you'll, you're feeling pretty good. Um, your team has a better mindset versus when you lose. A lot of times you might be start overthinking things and, you know, deviate from your normal strategy. And I sort of felt that personally uh, last year when, you know, for our double elimination, we finished third in the regular season on 100 Thieves, and then we had to play C9 round one. This is back when they were, like, you know, in really good form. And then after playing that, we played against TSM, and we ended up losing in a really close series, but it makes you wonder, like, would we have been in better condition if we didn't have to just play the best team before that match? So I think Golden Guardians kind of went through a similar thing. Um, So I hear you on that part. I think it's uh, a pretty valid point. I think that might just be, like... uh, a downside that you have to live with with double elimination. Cause while that does kind of suck, I think that the format helps in other ways. So for sure, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I, I would know a solution to uh, fix that. And doesn't to like, in, the, yeah.
0: in your example, doesn't double elimination actually kind of help because like last year you guys did have to play the best team immediately and you didn't have the Losers bracket or whatever. So isn't isn't this kind of a a nice system too to kind of address some of the concerns you felt last year? Well,
1: I think that the with the previous format, you wouldn't actually play the top two teams until after the first round, right? Gotcha. Whereas nowadays you're coming into your first round playing against the best team. And so I think that can hurt your mental uh if you have to just get pounded by the best team, even if you're better than all the other teams you could be playing in the next round. And then they're coming in either fresh or they're coming in off of, like, beating a really low seated team for their first match. So uh, I, I do think that kind of sucks, but I'm not exactly sure I know how I would change it to make it better. There, so there's two things that, that I, I have thoughts on about this. One is about the actual format. One of the reasons that TSM had to play Golden Guardians again right away is because of the, like, pick-your-opponent style. That happens in the upper bracket for the teams with buys. So Team Liquid was able to choose, you know, Golden Guardians, um, and then not reseeding in the bot based off that. Um, so like, it forces all these repeat matchups because if FlyQuest lost to C9, let's say, then then you'd have EG versus FlyQuest again. You'd have two series playing again in the lower bracket that you just had in the upper bracket. I think the lower bracket should reseed to avoid repeat matchups, so that way. One, you just avoid this situation where it's like, yeah, you know, TSM played Golden Guardians twice. What if what if that was just a horrible matchup for, for TSM and they just, like, they lost both those? That would feel pretty bad that you get knocked out by the same team twice. And it just makes it feel bad for everyone. On the Golden Guardians side, you just won against them and now you lost against them when you're out. So I think just avoiding repeat brackets until as late as you can is, is something that uh, Double Elim tournament should do. And the second thing is... I don't think this really applies to this situation, but you you can make it. Um, well, people's ears are tweaking out.
0: Yeah, I don't know what that is. I'm not like you guys are not hearing any audio, and I'm not hearing anything from you, so I think it's just a Twitch issue because that stuff also never shows up in the mod or the VOD. So, well, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Continue.
1: The other thing I was gonna say was just that um, it does help protect against like, hey, playoff patch. TSM didn't know the playoff patch. They got booty blasted, and they're out now, even though they're a better team. Um, it does give a little bit of a, a safety blanket for teams to learn the meta. I don't really think that one mattered here, but <laughs> I think it can. Um, the TSM Golden Guardians series was just super close, though, and so I can understand feeling bad that Game 5 was... Even Game 5 was super close, you know, like anyone could have won that game. Um, so those are my two thoughts. One, I think that there should just be more things in the bracket to avoid repeats. Uh, and two just because the team had a five in three record against them doesn't mean that they're actually the better team. It could have meant that they had an initial better read on the meta, which is its own skill, of course, right. but um, yeah. you're trying to find the three best teams to represent you at worlds. And you can make the case that TSM now not getting exposed and having time to experiment with their roster has created a better team than golden guardians at worlds would have been. I... If they, if they beat C9.
0: I think, uh, I, I'm not saying I even disagree with the idea that perhaps you shouldn't allow rematches. I will say, though, it was really exciting and added so much yeah. tension when you're like, okay, they got 3-0'd last week. Can they actually make the comeback? And I think, you know, Douglas tweet about how it was the most stressful match he's ever played in his life. Sure. It You know, not saying that that's necessarily, like, the goal of, of this, but it, you could you could tell how much added drama and tension the fact that you can rematch people added to this specific match, whereas we probably wouldn't have felt that if it was like, all right, let's see how these teams do.
5: Yeah, and I think the also the storyline could have been even better though if like they had both fought their way up from the loser's bracket to uh, face each other in the rematch later on. Uh, like I like the take of preventing rematches until later. Uh, in the bracket. The other thing to consider, though, is like if something like this happens to in the finals, for example, to the uh, the winner of the winners bracket, and they lose after not having a chance to lose. I know that's kind of a, a different take, but that's it's a similar sort of issue, but even worse.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Mark, do you have any any thoughts
5: on that? No, I mean I, I agree. It can feel kind of shitty, um,
1: but I, I like having double elimination. I like these these sorts of issues have always existed in double elimination tournaments. Um, yeah. So it's, it's not exactly a new complaint, I guess.
0: Either way, thank you uh, Brandy for the call. Anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller?
5: Uh, just a shout out to uh, my Clash team and to Alienware for you there.
0: Hey, thank you so much uh, for the shout out. I really appreciate that. Have a good one. You on to the next caller.
2: That was a good take.
1: I like that one.
0: We got we got some good callers. Slatherpus, thank you for the one year. Walong, peachy perchy ninety-nine, robot Russ at thirty months. Holy crap. Rebelcom 31. Uh, Butchel 4. Ratchet Dolphin Bonasaur. And Khan is here. Con making a return to the show after sometime. When was the last time you were on?
6: Oh, I think probably sometime in spring.
0: Okay. Well, welcome back. Remind me again, you're calling from Idaho. Correct. I am in
6: Boise, Idaho,
0: calling oh, from Boise. I still got it. All right. What do you uh what do you want to talk about on the show?
6: So I want to talk about how this weekend TSM is going to beat C9, I think pretty handily. And I think it's gonna to lead to one of the biggest stories of like just the LCS in history, where you're gonna see one of the biggest chokes slash one eighties of a team potentially ever in League of Legends currently having C9 being so dominant in spring and so dominant the first half of summer to now they're going to, I really think it's going to be like 3-0 or 3-1 and c 9s going to miss worlds. And we're going to have a team that we thought was the best NA team ever. And they can't even make worlds. Um, The reason why I think this is going to happen, C9 has been playing as we all have seen pretty bad. The second half of the split Um, bladders champion pool has got kind of cut down it really slows down their tempo. They've kind of stopped playing off side lanes early. I don't know why they stopped doing, like, five-man plays bot, but a lot of c 9 success in spring and early summer was fast push lanes on the side and have Niski and Blabber basically just go and tower dive repeatedly either top or bot and just force objectives that way and snowball a game. And I haven't seen them really do that in months now. Uh, so I think it's going to be a pretty clean series. I think TSM... Um, they got past probably the better team in Golden Guardians, and I think it's going to be a pretty clean win this weekend. All
2: right, Medios, I want to hear you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, C nine fanboy, come out. Here we go. <laughs> a C nine fanboy. No, I mean, I think it's a fair, um, it's a fair guess for sure that I, I could see it happening. You know, C nine just hard choking, but I think personally, um, I think C nine will still win because. To me, I think that C9's struggles have kind of been mm, a variety of factors. You know, it's it's really hard to say from the outside. You can never really tell what's going on. But I think that the meta shifts have kind of hurt them. And I think, actually, both of these teams like were not prioritizing Caitlyn at all um, yeah. going into the series. And I think that, you know, C9 always did really well with like the bot lane carry meta, where Sven and Vulcan, you know, just an incredibly good duo that the team can play off of. Like, if the other team decides to camp Licorice, and they're going to hardcore lose bottom. They're going to lose early Dragon Soul. Uh, it just seemed like when C9 was doing well, they really prioritized stacking dragons and just getting that early bot prio. And then when they started dropping games, I feel like they were trying to branch out too much. Like, they were just trying to do a lot of weird stuff, which I know from personal experience, when you do that a lot in practice, you can just kind of, like, lose sight of what brought you success in the first place and I think like a lot of their drafts have just been kind of all over the place you know like uh, they were doing that Lux Sona bot lane one week they're doing the Wukong Senna bot lane another week Um, against their FlyQuest series they were just drafting some of the worst drafts I've seen Uh, even almost winning games with terrible drafts so I, I don't think C9 as individuals have gotten worse or anything but I think that they're like maybe they just lost sight of what actually made them good but I do think that at the end of their series uh, against EG was it most recently yeah. yeah they were sort of looking like how they used to by just you know picking cc champions playmaking champions and just being really aggressive stacking dragons so I think for that reason I kind of expect C9 to you know move back in that direction that they had so much success with and I think that uh TSM's bot lane might have a lot of trouble against C9 because uh, as we've seen over playoff meta, it seems like both teams don't want Kate in the game Like they might ban, or maybe Kate will even go through, because I know C9 has banned Kate literally every game and TSM has been first picking Ash every game in their most recent series against Golden Guardians Like I think double lift played 5 games of Ash so, uh, another thing that comes up is Senna has been looking pretty good and Doublelift is notoriously unsuccessful on Senna <laughs> what
0: are you talking about?
1: I I went by a stream today and I saw him playing Senna, and this dude still hasn't learned how Senna's E works. Like, I love double lift, but I have to shit on him for this because he wastes <laughs> Senna E so hardcore. Like, if you just treat Senna E like it's like a mini Silver Alt that just gives yourself and people around you move speed, I swear he would use it much better. But I'm I'm just seeing him like waste that ability all the time, not have it when the actual fight starts, and then just not be able to do anything. So, uh, I think. I think double Senna still needs some practice. And I think if, if it comes down to that, you know, like Caitlin Ash getting banned, it seems like is looking pretty good in playoffs. And I'm not convinced C- uh C9 can or sorry, I'm not convinced TSM can play that style better than C9 can. Yeah. I'm I'm probably leaning towards C9 as well, but it's one of those things like you're saying, like anything can happen right now because things feel pretty pretty wacky. Uh the No caitlin priority is really weird. It went through in one game in one series, but I can't remember what it was. Otherwise, like North America bans more than they play it. Um, I have to say, I hope C Nine keeps playing well, but they they seem like I don't know if it's pressure or what's getting to them or if they're tilted. But game one of that EG C Nine series, I'm so sad that it's got cut off on on the the analyst desk during the Twitch chat thing or Twitch Twitch boomed or something. But like it was honestly one of the worst. Games I've seen in playoffs maybe ever. Like it starts with a miss ban by EG. C9 gets invaded. Oh, yeah, EG misses a like after a week of prep. You don't have a champ that they play that you don't ready to go. Like ha- I, it it blew my mind that that happened. And then C9 gets invaded topside with Bard and a, like a like a, basically a five man invade top. And Sven stands at Krugs for, like, 20 seconds, and then is like, oh, shit, I'm supposed to go counter-invade when they invade top. I leak out bot. Finally goes, but by this time, Bra- uh, Bard's rotated back down, and he, he loses his flash level one, and then EG blow, like, six summoners, killing him once, and are still down 20 CS. To <laughs> yeah, I remember that game. And Zazel's just, like, humming Bard cues at Vulcan as TK, who's just eating them, but he's not near walls, so he's doing, like, 30 damage, and I'm just like, what the fuck am I watching? It was... And then, yeah, they get Soul, and they throw the game. It, it was just like... it was like Drake's Soul went down at like 40 minutes or something. Because <laughs> hmm. it was seven dragons, or eight dragons total. It's like, oh my god. That
0: was yeah. a pain. So, I'm glad you guys brought this up, because my question to both of you is, which looked like the better team in playoffs uh, this past week, EG or Golden Guardians?
1: I would have to say... Golden Guardians. Um, I, I was really expecting them to beat TSM. I was kind of shocked that they lost. I, it yeah. almost felt to me like they had sort of celebrated too early in their series. I feel like maybe after winning five games against TSM, they just started like slowly disrespecting them enough to the point where they lost. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I think overall Golden Guardians was making some really good moves. They just started making enough bad ones for TSM to win.
0: So that's. That's kind of why I think TSM might win this this weekend because it, even though I know that like most people would would say it's going to be C9, I, I'm not as hyped up on TSM as the caller is. But uh, in terms of, of I think Con you said it was going to be a three uh,
6: zero, a three zero three one. I whatever. I...
0: Okay. Well, either way, I don't think it's going to be a yeah. stomp, but. I I actually think it is better before all these people on Twitch chat. I'm sure I you're like Travis TSM bias. I I actually think it's better for for North America if C9 makes it to Worlds because I have more faith in that lineup to eventually get back to what they were doing in spring and to show like what made that team really great. Um, by the time hopefully they make it to uh you know the world stage, but I just am. I'm pretty worried for C9. And in, I'm a little worried that them beating EG has... So I predicted EG to win that series. And part of that was because I was like, man, people keep expecting C9 to win and get better and start turning back to what they used to be. But they just are staying a pumpkin. Like, they just keep losing. And so I was like, okay, I'm not... I'm going to go against the grain and just finally expect them to lose. EG looked really not great. And so I think that's part of the reason why C9 was able to pull out that series. And so looking at that series, I just don't have as much confidence in C9. And that's why I'm still kind of nervous for them uh, going up against TSM, even though TSM also did not look that
1: great. Uh, Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like TSM has not looked good. Uh, They've, they've definitely had some, you know, Bright points for them. Like, I think Bjergsen and Spika have actually been playing really well so far. Um, I think Broken Blade has been kind of, you know, hit or miss, but overall solid. But TSM's bot lane has for sure been struggling. Uh, they were just put on map hack duty last series and barely managed to, like, drag their bodies across the finish. <laughs> Wait, what, do you, what did you call that? Map hack duty? Like, they're just. Yeah, not... Ash is so stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. If you're jungling against an Ash bot lane, you just lose. There's nothing you can do,
2: you just lose. So you don't like Hawkshot very much, huh? It's so broken! Like, what is that? I shouldn't be in the game. It's yeah, just, I feel like Ash, is the, your Ash is the 80 carry. <laughs>
1: yeah, Ash is the 80 carry. You throw your bot lane on to be like, hey, you'll probably have early prior with this champion, so it's going to be really hard for you to end. Uh, just keep finding a jungler for us, bro. Like, maybe hit some arrows. Force him to run cleanse. Force him to build QSS. That kind of thing. But it's not like Ash ever really just takes over a game. She's kind of like that supportive carry role where you don't want Ash to be your most fed person. You need someone else to be a real carry with the champ. So I don't know. I feel like if TSM is pushed off of that, they will probably look a lot worse.
0: So Just ban Ash as your your suggestions. Well, C9.
1: I think so. Yeah. Or I mean, I think I think C9 should be playing Caitlyn. It blows my mind that they're not because I feel like that champion fits exactly what they want as far as how they've been playing. You know, just early pick Caitlyn, counter pick support, or like pair it with Morgana, whatever you want to do, and just push bot lane and stack dragons uh, like at nauseum. I, I, I really feel like that's... C9 had so much success. They executed that style so well, and then they just aren't doing it with Caitlyn. I'm, I'm pretty confused about that part. Yeah. It's, it's... I mean, at the same time, even if they don't pick up the Caitlyn, I mean... I would expect TSM to try and pick it up too. But right now, I feel like C9's bot lane champ pool is just better because they play the Senna well. Even though as Yumi in the FlyQuest series felt like it didn't have enough pressure to really stop FlyQuest from just stacking dra- dragons on them until it was too late. But I, I still think he played it okay. Um, he was usually still executing on it. Whereas I'm not sure what Doublelift has in his pocket besides the Ash And Sven can play the Ash. the Senna, has Ezreal. I don't think either of them seem to be willing to play Lucian Callista too much. I think Zven had a Callista game, if I Uh yeah, no. C9 played Callista, I think, twice against EG. Oh, was it two? Times? Did... Okay. Yeah, that was a series where it was Callista every game. Uh C9 EG. I think Yeah, Bang played it the first game against Senna, and that was the one where even though <laughs> uh Zven lost Flash level one, like Bang was so like he was and not this, having a was good game. The game where thing. you're telling Sneaky that he's not a world champ. Yeah,
0: no, it was. I don't uh, think it was that game, but it may
1: have been. It was. It was that serious. I don't know if it was that game. Yeah, but I was say, that's, that's. I a do hard remember game you talking. There. Yeah, I mean, like they, they specifically
0: were about gapped. how Bang was just doing like nothing, like game. You're like, which <laughs> yeah. felt really bad, by the way. I, I mean, I'm. I never do. I think that he was throwing that game or anything like that. But it's like you were watching him. I was hearing you guys talk specifically about how poor he was performing. And just thinking about that Bang tweet from that day that's like, is today the last day that I'm going to be playing this year? And I'm like, it's tough to see these things in in coordination.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, I don't ever try to hate on anyone when I'm watching the game, but I think if someone's having a poor performance, like it's worth pointing out, you know, I I think it's worth pointing out if someone does above or below what's expected of them. And it just seemed like Bang wasn't really playing too well against C9. Maybe their bot lane is just, you know, really hard to play against,
2: which can happen. But,
0: yeah. Off, off topic, but since we're kind of on the topic, do you guys think we'll see Bang in North America next year?
2: Hard to uh, say. Yeah, I don't know. I think
1: depends what kind of <laughs> salary he's being offered, probably. Uh, he definitely hasn't seemed super happy in North America. Yeah, he's that's had, my thing. Um, he's had some tweets that make it seem like he's not having a great time here so i'm sure he wants to go home but again you know pro players don't have super long lifespans on their careers and so if he's being offered you know a million dollar contract to play here another year i don't think he's going to be like no i want to go home i think he'll just you know take the bag so probably i just yeah yeah,
0: i i'm not trying to discourage anyone from signing him or whatever i just if, if he's really unhappy here i worry that like I if I was a GM, I would not want to sign an unhappy player. I feel like that just is asking for trouble. But anyway, back on the, the I take. think we're all C9
1: but open for anything to happen. I,
0: I I'm a little cool. on TSM.
1: Oh really? If I
0: was to predict, I would predict TSM.
2: Wow, you're stupid. <laughs> uh I think the other thing too that that uh Midos was was
1: alluding to a little bit was broken blade being hit or miss because I thought that was the probably the actual biggest difference in the series between um, the first Garden. one and the second one. Yeah, uh, the first the first few times they played was Haunster was really good in the first one, and then Broken Blade actually had some counters into the Mordekaiser. He adapted well. They were playing uh, a couple different options that, that made it work, uh, like the Jackson stuff, which I am I hope Licorice, I mean, like I know Licorice has a good champ but I just hope he's he's ready for some of that stuff, because otherwise, I think that could be part of the X-Factor. Uh, Licorice has been playing decently on, on the GP, but you can pick some hard counters into that. Yeah, I was actually on my co-stream, I've been talking a lot about top lane champion pools, and I think that is something that I, I've been noticing a lot of the losing teams are not picking uh, the same top laners that the winning teams are picking. Um, like, up until this TSM one, I think that Broken Blade definitely sort of, like, went against what previous stats would suggest. Um because he was beating Mord, but up until this series, it's like, Orange, Shen, and Mordekaiser have just been winning every single game. And champs like GP, Renekton, like, yeah, they're winning here and there, but for the most part, they've just been performing much worse than these tanky champs. And I especially think that uh, with C9 wanting to, like, at least in my mind, I think they should be, go back to their playing around bot lane style. I think um, you know they would definitely benefit from playing some of these more self-reliant top laners who can also impact the map because it seems like c9 has just been trying to play through top side recently with licorice being on these like you know pseudo carry champions and i really just don't think that's the best way to play right now uh it's stacking dragons is always good winning bots always good so i think c9 will definitely look better if they play the game in a really standard meta way i think they're just for whatever reason trying to go against that Maybe thinking their way is better and it just hasn't seemed to be working. Well stuff like Vlad too, actually. Like Vlad and Nishen, to me seems like the biggest grief pick. Like <laughs> I, I don't get why teams are doing that.
0: On I Winnie's think we're gonna have to see how things go, but I, I somewhat agree with you, just definitely not as as excited or hyped as you are for a TSM it's, Smash. Oh, yeah.
6: For me it's not as much about TSM as it's I've just watched C9 play bad League of Legends for like six weeks now and I don't have faith that they're gonna play that good much good League of Legends on the weekend. Uh but you guys have a good night. Always fun watching and I'll see you guys later. Yeah. yeah thanks man. On. Thanks. See you.
0: all right. We're gonna take a quick break really quickly to talk about Alienware, our sponsor for the evening. You guys might have heard of them. I, I believe I've mentioned them in the past. I I can't recall entirely. However let me go ahead and pull up this little thing that they're doing right now. I believe I've talked about it previously. Yep. August 13th through the 27th. So only a couple days left to go to alienware.com slash Travis. There's a banner at the top. You can enter to win an ultimate battle station, uh, including It also comes with a $300 gift card to celebrate Intel gamer days as part of their collaboration with Intel gamer days and the promotion going on right now. And then, I don't know if I can say what is happening on the August 28th yet because this email is not clear. It just says that there is something that's happening, but I don't know if I can disclose that. Stay tuned on August 28th for something else big happening uh, for Intel Gamer Days over at Alienware.com slash Intel Gamer Days. There's some really cool stuff that's happening there. Either way, uh, thank you so much to Alienware for supporting the show. Really appreciate everything that they do for us. There's a, uh, sure. By the way, I have a, 15. Killing it. Love that thing. Either way, I really appreciate their support of the show. And also you can use Travis 10 off in the description to save 10% on your order. All those links in the description of the YouTube video if you're watching it there. And thank you again to Alienware for their support. I think actually I can also put it into the chat. There we go. Where's Mark? Are you still here? Yeah, what's that? Okay. He turned into a cat. I don't see you.
2: Well you're right. I'm I'm here. Uh Wake up dude. Do you need me?
0: Yeah, well yeah. we're I think we're ready.
2: Oh, okay. I like oh, I like dating people because uh you, you have cat as a banned
1: word. <laughs> and I, I show the I show my cat and all of a sudden timed out, timed out, timed out.
0: Yeah. Actually somebody just got past it and I'm wondering how they did. Hmm. Gotta figure that out. Okay. Anyway. Do you wanna grab our oh. He's already left to grab the next caller. Ratchet Dolphin, thank you for the prime, butchell 4, Rebelcom, Bona oh, I already said these. Devance Third 333, Darth Nomi, Rear Mr. T Nelson. And our next caller is here, Trues, Trues, where are you calling from? Uh the Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. Yeah. Heard great things about that place. Uh what That's awesome. <laughs> what do you want to
3: talk about on the show? Uh yeah my take's a little spicy um my take is that lcs players shouldn't complain about backlash and they need to learn how to deal with it or they won't succeed long term and i can go into more detail if you guys want
0: go go ahead i'm i'm excited about this uh take because yeah like i feel like the safe one is the one that we had last week which is like people need to be nicer to, to people so i feel like we can actually have a pretty good discussion anyway continue
3: well, yeah. I just wanted to start off by I'm not I'm stressing that I don't encourage flame from the fans on any of these players. But um, coming from a classical sports background, uh, backlash and criticism is normally common for like all classic sports. And um, I find it weird that players uh, and casters too are citing backlash as um, you know reason for bad play. And I think players with on like higher expectation teams, such as like TSM, C9, TL, um, should use criticism as fuel instead of um something that puts them down. And I think this also applies to coaching. I feel like not a lot of coaches in the scene, like, listen, I'm not in the, the locker rooms for some of these teams. They're, you know, like they're not locker rooms, but they're, you know, all these rooms. The training the facilities. Yes, exactly with all these players but I feel like some of them are uh babying uh, some of these players with fear that they're going to mental boom uh some of these players
1: I was, my first reaction is just, I love the calling it you know real sports versus tradi- like fake you know esports I like classical as the latest version of this you know I'm, yeah. I'm classical, like
0: sports. a classical music yeah. or something. It's I'm a like post-modern,
1: uh You know, I definitely lean towards postmodern sports. I think <laughs> those are a lot better.
0: But... Yeah, mo- modern sports versus classical sports. Yeah,
1: Uh-oh. I I also have to say this, uh, this feels like a Jersey take. <laughs>
3: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: Um yeah. okay, I have to figure out what Medios is going to say first because if Medios comes in and is like I agree uh, after I've just tried to defend the idea that pro players shouldn't be treated like shit, then uh, I lose all credibility. So go ahead Medios.
1: No, um I mean there there's definitely multiple things that uh you know you had in your take and I I agree part of it, disagree part of it. Um I think definitely players shouldn't like for me when i first started i i used to like really like reading things about myself obviously because c9 was doing so well and i think even that's not very good to do like it's it, i don't think it's super healthy because it just gases you up and then when we started doing bad i still kept reading things and it just yeah it makes you feel really bad when you have people just shitting on your entire character because a lot of the time the criticism isn't like hey man i think uh your first clear could have been different for these reasons. It's just like, you're fucking bad, go retire kind of things, which is like, it's, it's not really constructive. So I think it's best for players to just not really read uh, opinions about themselves because good or bad, it's probably just inaccurate. Um, I think that generally fans on the outside, they see such a small amount of what really goes into it. Um, because a lot of the time, people's individual performances in games. It's a a team game, you know? A lot of the times, your own situation is, in in a large part, a result of what your team is doing. And there are some times where you're just put in a really shit situation. And so, yeah, you're going to look bad. But maybe you're looking bad for someone else to look good. So I think that definitely fan criticism probably shouldn't be taken too seriously. But on the other hand, I think that uh what's kind of shitty for pro players right now is that their your value as a player is in large part kind of decided by what reddit thinks about you i know that a lot of these teams that are coming out in franchising just kind of read reddit for their opinion on like which players are good and bad which does sort of even though you shouldn't care about what people say you kind of have to because it's going to just dictate like your future you know how much money you can make next season or if you can even get on a team next season. So it leads to these really weird situations where, you know, you kind of have to start playing for stats. And that's what a lot of players do. And, you know, if I had a teammate who was playing for stats, I would be like, fuck you, dude. Like, you're screwing everyone else over to try to keep yourself afloat, you know. Um, but it, it is just kind of how it is. It's the reality of it. And I think it sucks, but I don't know... A great solution for that kind of thing so yeah I, I mean I definitely agree that like players shouldn't take Flame from uh, the community too seriously uh, but at the same time I don't think that the people making the decisions on rosters should be taking the Flame seriously either but but they do so uh, it's, it's kind of tough
0: and I, I also I think it's like I, I don't think anyone would say it's going to be hard to find anybody in the world who's like Pro players should take flame seriously. They should go sit down and like get flamed and look at that and be like, huh? Am I a fucking idiot? Uh, I'm looking at this tweet right now and it says that I am, and it says that I couldn't smite to save my goddamn life. Should I, you know, nobody's actually gonna do that. It's just, it's difficult to not. I I, I think it's hard for a lot of people to just be like, ah, yes emotional wall i will just put this up and be utterly unaffected by anything and have no emotional reaction to this criticism um so i don't know i think it's just kind of it's disingenuous to say pro players and i'm not saying this is what you're saying you know so it's just like when people are like yeah pros just shouldn't be affected by that it's like he, it's really difficult to just choose not to be affected by something you know it's not Usually not. yeah,
1: certainly. I mean, what I'm saying is don't read it because yeah. I don't think it's possible to not be affected by it. like obviously, I'm not a doctor on how the brain works, but I think there is something to like just being exposed to it, like reading those things of people just saying shitty stuff about you like it goes into your brain somewhere, right? like it gets stored in your memory in some way, even if you know it's it's wrong. I think it's better to just like I'm not just imagining these yourself like... in that. Situation, these like deposits of all the toxic waste that you absorb that you know, like you bury in your landfill and it's yeah, the rest of your brain, even though you're like, I know I shouldn't listen to it, I'm gonna bury it back here, but then it still is poisoning your children and shit, poisoning (laughs) the rest of your brain.
0: Um, Venus, do you avoid like how do you handle, for instance, because I think a lot of people would say, like, just don't read Reddit, right? Which I think is you know, an obvious one, but like. Let's say people are tweeting at you or at your at replies. You just are you able to just completely stop yourself from ever looking at your at replies? Uh,
1: no. I mean, I I use Twitter probably as like my main social media, and I don't know. Uh, I guess I've just been lucky in a sense that I don't get too much hate on my Twitter. Like every once in a while, someone will say something like that's pretty rude, or like they're trying to hurt me, and. I'll usually just, like, mute them so I don't have to see anything else they write. Uh, But I don't know. I think there's just, like, you know, steps you should take that will, you know, do your best to avoid seeing people shit on you. But that being said, you shouldn't just, like, cover your ears from the entire rest of the world and just, like, isolate yourself for fear that someone might say something mean. I think it's kind of a middle ground, in a sense, where... Yeah, if there's a Reddit thread being like Meteos fucking sucks, I'm like, maybe I don't need to read it. Maybe there's <laughs> nothing of value for me in there. Or even when it's just like Medios is the fucking best player of all time, I'm like, what's the point of reading this? You know? I think it, I I've been myself longer than most other people have, so I, I probably like have some idea what I should be doing. Yeah, That's sort of I my think, take on it. I think it's also one of those things where it's it's super easy to go to the extremes of like what people are saying, where it's like. People shouldn't flame pros gets taken into like you can't say anything bad about pros which is usually not what those people are saying you know yeah, and you should be able to like, tweet
0: for instance poo gang but not other things right mark
1: yeah for sure that's exactly my point uh, um I, but like uh, at the same time people go too far in the other directions where it's like people is like in uh, these orgs only use reddit for their information and not like hey public perception matters which is usually what people are saying like people take it to mean that they're only using Reddit for their their source of information. Not that, you know, if, if you see a bunch of tweet threads flaming Ryoma or something or Aka, it might influence your, your opinion on them. Like those, those are, you know, there's, there's more nuance to it. than I think a lot of times people give it. Yes. No, but that is what
0: people love to do with these conversations, by the way. It's like you say, we say, for instance, Hey, maybe you don't need to flame people. And other people say, oh, so we're not allowed to criticize or say anything negative about any player ever? That's so stupid. Why would you have that opinion? It's like, okay, that's not really what was said. Uh, It's just this weird. People love to do that.
1: Yeah, and I would have to add to that. um, You do hear the thing about classical sports as a comparison a lot. And, you know, the counterpoint to that that that's brought up a lot of the time is, you know, Esports is a lot different from classical sports in that sense that, like, in classical sports, you usually don't have like LeBron James fucking live streaming his basketball practice, where it's just like people are shitting on him for missing a three pointer, shitting on him for missing every shot, that kind of thing. Whereas in league, you're a lot more connected to the, your audience, like you're a lot closer. You are reading your Twitter because that's what, you, like you need a social media presence. League's not really on the level of the other things as much where you're a lot closer to the fan so i think that it would be good to respect that in a sense of like hey you know what i'm saying is probably going to be red maybe i shouldn't treat this guy like he's not a human and i mean if we're being honest a lot of uh, sports players are soft as fuck too like they're not any harder or whatever you want to call it than than an esports pro like they they lash out at their fans all the time too for for shit talking them it happens plenty. I and so, like you're saying. I just don't think that they're as close to it. So, they, like, they might not be on it all the time. But like that, definitely still happens in in you know normal sports. Still get it plenty plenty of times. Classical.
0: Uh, cool. So true. Truths uh, actually that. Uh, oh, you just unmuted. Perfect. Yeah. I I I have a question for you actually. So your argument is, um, and I'm I'm gonna try not to be snarky about this. Your yeah. argument is this happens in traditional sports so esports players should get used to the idea of it but i don't, i don't really understand i've never truly understood that link right it's like okay it happens in traditional sports so why then does it need to happen in esports
3: well no, you're never going to get rid of it like let's be honest here unless they you know ban league of legends from reddit and twitter and all this different stuff you're never going to get rid of it in general so i think that players just need a way to get over it and stop blaming their play on it. Does that make sense? Because I feel like there's a lot of like, especially in TSM, for example, whenever they lose, it's like, oh, the pressure got to them or something like that. I feel like, you know, you're walking yourself into that situation. So you got to learn how to deal with it.
0: So I I totally agree that you're never going to get rid of it. I I 100% agree that because there's no world in which you can... Say unequivocally, like the millions of people that watch uh, modern sports, are are none, no one in that group will ever be a dick. But I, I worry sometimes. I mean, and not to extend this out too far, but like, there's this kind of concept of, well, that's just what it is to be like an influencer or a personality or a pro player or whatever. Like, there's this kind of thing where we just kind of take it for granted that people who are Uh, individuals on the internet with a following like somehow deserve this or they just have to accept it. And there are a lot of things in the world that we can't truly ever get rid of, but that doesn't mean that we can't denounce them or try to make efforts against them or say like that shouldn't be the case, right? Like I think it's good that there was a Reddit thread that was said like, Hey, stop being a dick to FBI even if i don't think that that reddit thread will ever will work to 100% eradicate everyone who's being addicted to fbi you know what i mean
1: and i also like i understand the point that people make when they say this that like yeah cuz it's not wrong either that like it's always going to be there so you do have to learn to live like at some level it is true you do have to learn to live with it um but like, you know, both sides are right. Yeah, you can still denounce him and be like, hey, fuck you guys trading on FBI. I'm gonna stick up for my boy and defend him. And at the same time, you know, like Medios is saying, people have to you have to learn what your personal level is, like how much it affects you because everyone's different. And so like, yeah, don't go in the red threads, don't have open DMs or or whatever, you know, like you 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 have to do you in some sense and, and protect yourself because it's not gonna go anywhere. So it is true, like, yeah, everyone who is a Per, uh, a public person on the internet who is somewhat has some some following is going to catch some shit. They shouldn't catch as much shit as they do usually. Um but yeah. Yeah. Uh, another another point that I kind of want to touch on is you mentioned Ryoma uh is the person being shit on and that that's something that I feel like kind of close to me because um I've pretty much been playing with Tommy's his name. I've been playing with Tommy since he's like, you know, been in North America. And he's super young, and I know he he's, like, an incredibly good player and a super nice teammate, too. But obviously, like, Hunter Thieves didn't perform that sick this year. Um, and obviously, he's going to make mistakes because he's new. But, like, the level of people that are, have been shitting on him is just crazy. Like, it's so unwarranted. Um, I think that, sure, you can criticize people's play or, you know, say like, what you think they should be doing better, or even just being like, oh, yeah, this guy fucking sucked this game. But when he's receiving, like, you know, death threats or people just telling him, like, go back to Australia, stop taking up an import slot, all this stuff, it's just like, what the hell? And, yeah, you're right. There will always be shitty people like that, but I feel like the point of addressing it is that I think there should be people that also view pro players as humans, and, like, maybe they should be defending their team and their players against this kind of negativity because when you only hear negative stuff, it's like, who's going to want to become a pro player? I feel like the reason people become pros is because it's cool. Like, you you get to be a pro player, but if the way all pros are treated is just like someone that you can blame your favorite team losing on and just shit on them all the time, it's just like, who the fuck's going to want to do that? And it's not that fun. And to the point about like, oh, org shouldn't listen to players or like, you know, the community sentiment, but like Think about the reaction that the community has had to minor region import players in the mid lane or, or like who don't perform in their first year right away. They, they get hard flamed. Whereas like FBI was actually here for two years, if I believe. They also, they, they also brought over Lost on Echo Fox. I think that was still as well. Um, and FBI has become, for a lot of people, the, the best marksman in the league. But you wouldn't have said that last year. Um, and you're somewhat... You know, the fan base does matter. If people are gonna hate on Hundred Thieves and say that they're they're fucked them, they're they're they shouldn't be using this player and all this stuff, you're gonna lose fans um in this way, then it does push orgs away from wanting to take these risks on finding diamonds in the rough, which I'm mostly for. And you can criticize, I think it's fine to criticize, hey, this is a bad decision. I think you can say like it's not gonna work out, you know, if if fans wanna have that opinion. You could say you should have put him in Academy for a year, seen him dominate. And then, like, I think you can talk about all that stuff without being like, fuck this guy. He's taken up a spot from Yasui or something, you know, like, which is, I think, how a lot of people talk about it. Yeah, and, and I also think that um, it's just, too, it's too much on the negative side right now with, like, using TSM as an example, right? Like, both Treats and Biofrost haven't looked that good in playoffs, right? But if it's just the case that it's like, you know, say TSM loses, no matter who they're using, they're just going to be like, fuck this guy, you should have put in the other guy, right? And it's like, well, what if both of them were going to play the exact same? Like, what if the situation they were in was just bad? That kind of thing. So um, I think just trying to like have a little bit more kindness toward pros could definitely go a
3: long way.
0: Drews, I've seen your mic lighting up. Sorry, I know we've been ranting a lot, but what did you, what did you think of all this?
3: Oh yeah no i I agree with pretty much everything being said. Um, I just wanted to ask and try to stop me if I'm going way too at off topic, but Medios, you've been on a bunch of other like teams around the league um and played for a bunch of different coaches. Do you believe that coaches are you know not in fear of you know tilting people by? making you know critical statements oh yeah because
0: this was the second half of your take right which is that coaches are being too nice or babying players
3: too much it's like the opposite way it's like the players are too critical and the coaches are not critical enough
2: Mm.
1: yeah i mean i think that's i i do think that's probably um the culture of teams in north america is a bit soft i would say for sure um where I can be a pretty direct person. Like if I think someone's playing bad or if I'm playing bad, I would much rather someone just comes up to me and says like, hey, you're playing like shit, fix this. Because then at least like get the conversation started rather than feeling like you have to like walk on eggshells, tiptoe around every situation, just word things really gently. Because I mean, going off personal things, like part of the reason why I was so shocked when I was like bench from 100 Thieves this year is like I, I received almost no feedback from the team that they weren't happy with what I was doing. Like the entirety of everything that they told me was just like, yeah, you know, like you're the team captain. Like you've got to like set the mood for everyone. Like, so they can like rally behind you, all this stuff. And it's like, I actually almost no negative feedback. And then just out of nowhere, I'm gone. Right. So like for me, that, that, that felt like a huge betrayal. And so I would much rather prefer teams were just blunt about stuff. Like, if they think someone's playing bad, be like, hey, look, you're playing bad for this reason. Like, you're repeatedly making this mistake. I want to see you work on this mistake and fix it. Like, put in more time working on these champions or, like, this kind of gameplay. Like, if you're, if you're just not buying pinks, you're not, you're not understanding vision correctly, like, go in solo queue, play support for 10 games until you understand vision better. Like, that's the sort of things I think coaches should be doing. And you're definitely right that a lot of times they can be too soft because, you know, I think players can also be soft. Like they get too offended by criticism. But I mean, I think there's two different things, right? Like fan criticism, I think, isn't worth listening to because they just don't see enough. Like they don't actually know what they're talking about in a lot of cases just because they don't have access to that information. But the coaches, the analysts, the the fellow teammates, they do generally know what's going on. And so... Like, for me, I've always wanted my teammates to call me out if they think I'm doing some dumb shit. And I also want to feel comfortable being able to point out things that I think they should be doing better. So I, I would say just in general, the, the culture in North America is pretty soft.
0: Hey, Truce, thank you so much for the call. Uh, and especially because it, uh, I think, led to a really great discussion. Is there anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller?
3: Nope, that's it. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, yeah. thanks, man. Thank you so much for the call.
1: In the spirit of direct feedback, Travis, I want to say that you're a terrible
2: host. You should do a much better job cultivating the conversation. Medios is right about direct feedback. Your t- get t- shit t- on Travis. I want you to think about that while I get the caller. <clears throat> How does it feel?
0: Thank you to Mr. T Nelson forty five for the prime. Uh, dim light, thick smoke. Thank you for the prime, Mr. Brooks Gaming. Berlando Jones, uh, Iestacy, blunder IRL. C.G. Gladiator, Benesu, Haxt17, Emmanuel Corbellini, Liberi, for one year, Iceman1986, and Yasuke for gifting a sub to Jolly Green. Mark should be coming back any second. He kind of cut out there towards the end. I didn't really hear what he was saying, uh, so I'm not sure. Oh, okay. really? Yeah. Uh, mm. Internet issue. Maybe Spectrum? Yeah, c-
1: crazy internet
2: bug.
0: Difficult. <sighs> it's difficult uh, sometimes with this stuff. Media, some surprise. Is that a closet that you left open?
1: Yeah, I was gonna close it, but there's like some boxes in the way.
0: Ah, I see. I've I've had that issue before.
1: Uh, uh I'm Mark... come back. And be like, I can't clean my room because there's shit in the way. <laughs> 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 it's, a, it's a new place. I'm I'm getting set up. What do you want from me? <laughs> yeah,
7: yeah, yeah. No, no judgment
0: savoy is that how i say your name it's blue jay we
7: could skip all that stuff if you great. want
0: okay um thank you for being a twitch sub blue jay great to have you back mark is this don't mention it do you were at least recognize his voice whenever you start talking to him in the oh i just don't
7: even care anymore I don't even, i'm not i'm not checking
0: okay. i mean I it's, a diff- it's a different name every time why did you little chester this?
7: called me out in the in the waiting room there
0: what how do you um like how how did you come up with this name
7: oh this is just my name like that's my last name and then my initial is jay like, oh, doxing name. yourself be yeah. careful yeah great you're I'm coming so you
0: so desperate on this show that you're using your real identity to, to sneak
7: i up. didn't have time to come up with a new name man yeah
0: there's probably something it's just
7: like it. mark's like mark's like i don't give a shit but i don't got time there's too many names to come up with it it's just it's been done you know yep
0: uh, at 137 episodes, even the callers are giving up. Anyway, uh, what do you what do you want to talk about on the... You're from Toronto or Ontario or wherever in Canada. What do you want to talk about on the show?
7: Uh, I want to talk about how I think Biofrost is an upgrade over treats. And I actually thought that Biofrost played okay. I don't think he's amazing, but I definitely think that um, he definitely got so much flack just for the really bad bard ulti. Uh, in the Dragon Pit, and for the one that also kind of griefed lift but actually had a pretty good series overall. BDOS is smiling at the, the Drake Pit part. <laughs> <Yeah, like, laughs> no, it's it, it so funny, because
1: I kind of agree, for sure. Um, but one thing I was going to say is that I think for support especially, it's kind of hard when you're just watching the stream to to really know how much impact a support is having, because a huge part of it is just like, you know, setting up plays for your team, like putting down your wards. A lot of the time, supports get tasked with tracking flashes and stuff. So I think that TSM looked better with Biofrost for sure. Yep. And as far as individual, I thought he played fine. You know, it didn't seem like he was, uh, you know, head and shoulders better than Treats, especially because uh, it looked like they were still struggling in lane. You know, yep. doublelift in uh in any support, I feel like they were just struggling, but. That could also be just because uh, I think Golden Guardian's bot is playing super well right now. So that's generally going to happen when you're up against uh, good opponents. It's going to make you look worse by comparison. And I do think that Biofrost, like, he's going to get a lot of flame for the Bard alts. And I think that's uh, I think something that kind of goes into the previous caller's question, but also this one, is that I do think a lot of the times players get too much hate for just, like, mistakes that happen. Just because, you know, I think in an average game of league, at any level, every player is making a shit ton of mistakes. There's always a lot of things yeah. you can be doing better, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, one time he sabotaged Double Lift with the Bard one time he sabotaged the Dragon Steel with the Bard And like, yeah, those are bad, no doubt. But that, that kind of shit happens, right? Like, just because the, you know, outcome of the mistake was so big, people view it as like, you know, the input what was so bad kind of thing um and i, I, I even think, oh go ahead no you finish your thought sorry oh i was going to say even um a lot of the time like end of game things get highlighted so much like,
2: like the with FBI people yeah, yeah yeah with
1: yeah. people flaming fbi it's like what is there to flame this dude played really well the entire series yeah his flashing at the end wasn't great it was sort of like a mistake that ended up losing them the series but to say that FBI lost in the series, it's like, "What are you talking about?" Like a big reason they were in the series in the first place was because of FBI. So uh, I do think that mistakes, especially when mista- like one-time mistakes turn into narratives for players, I think that's super unfair, like you know, Cody Sun's Tristana at Worlds, or like Ick Smithy's Alts. Um, I mean, I try to be a little careful with it when I'm talking about these things because it's like, yeah, these incidences can be like kind of funny to meme. But when it sort of like defines a player, it really sucks. So yeah. it's it's a weird weird middle ground because I think some of these things are just so you know, like funny to see. Like <laughs> Crumbs yeah. and I both tried to get a good tweet out with the Biofrost one where he ulted doublelift to mid lane. His was better. He, yeah. he shit on me. His, his his screenshot was way better. And it's just such a funny image to see
5: his Bardol <laughs>
1: going for this oh, AD who like totally alone. And I think, like, the community should be allowed to laugh at that, and the problem is, like, separating the the people who are just laughing at a funny mistake. And, like, when Sticksay Blast Cones his team back into Baron, I forget what it was, it was like two, two years ago. That was ago. against me.
2: <laughs> it was against, <laughs> against <laughs> you.
1: It was like... Yeah, that was so funny. It was so fucking funny, and, like, 90% of people are just laughing at it, and then there's the 10% of people who ruin it for everyone, I think, who are actually yeah. like, look how fucking stupid they are, and, like, I don't want to lose the humor of 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 a mistake where like yeah you're laughing at the player because it's kind of intrinsic to it but you're not really trying to make fun of them you're just being like that's a hilarious looking mistake and it, de- like, de- it definitely feels oh, like no, no doubt no doubt I, yeah. um, I think that uh, yeah, you should always be allowed to point out people's mistakes if someone makes a big mistake you can for sure call them out on it but my issue comes when it's like you define their entire yeah. like their value as a player off of one thing that happened because like while BioFrost, yeah, he made some mistakes for sure that that series, like, he, it wasn't his best series he's played, doesn't mean he's a bad player or that he didn't do a lot of good things too that probably just went unnoticed. And, he actually and... had
7: a lot of good barred too. Like, I actually lost count of like how many ults that he had that actually got picks. Like, I lost count. There was probably five, six, maybe even ten. I don't even know. I lost count. And I think, like, um, it's hard to know
1: because some of this has to do with this meta and. Synergy and these kinds of things, but like pre, I think for supports in particular, a lot of the ways I actually try and like look at how much they're helping their their laner in particular. I'm I'm looking at their stats, I'm looking at the eighty carry stats compared to the two. Like treats with with double lift was on average down uh like five C maybe it's like three CSD and like negative two hundred fifty goldish. I'm I'm exactly but with with biofrost in the regular season he was up five CS and up like twenty gold or something. So like. I'm not saying, you know, there could be a pool changes. They played differently, whatever it was. It's hard to like pinpoint exactly, but at least they seem to have better laning performances with Biofrost than with for treats. Sure. And I think that was one of the big reasons they, they, they went with Bio is they were probably a little bit more comfortable laning together. I think in interview, he was talking about um, how he can know what Biofrost is wanting to do already without having to really communicate it because they've played for years together. And when you're going up against FBI and who I think they were really valuing that. And so even if he's making some of these mistakes in mid game or whatever, and everyone's making mistakes all over the map, that wasn't like a five game series. Everyone's going to fuck up at some point. Like the reason they brought him in was to do some damage control in the bot lane. And I, I do think that they, they had a better series overall, as well as adapting to the meta and not just losing both sides of Kate Ash.
0: It's, it's actually uh, sneaky. was talking about this, I think in a way with Viper during um the, that... I think their last game um, of the split or whatever he was co-streaming it and he was just discussing like how like the twitch chat was just going after him so constantly and like it, it does definitely feels like there are some players who are on like a community shit list where it's like they're just there's people just salivating twitch chats just salivating for like okay, I want this guy to fuck up so I can call him out. Like, look at him. He lost that CS. Oh my God, he's so shit. Blah, blah, blah. Whereas like, Bjergsen, and I, and I get it, right? Because like, obviously a Viper or Bjergsen they're playing on different levels to some extent. Um, so, Or I get it to some extent because it's like, whatever. But it's like, another player who is doing quite well could make that same mistake and no one would ever be like, oh my God, look at how shit they are. Blah. It's just, it's, you, it's also- you get on this list and you're almost like, you're you have to do so much work to get yourself out of that hole because people are looking and anticipating and waiting eagerly for you to fuck up.
1: I think it's also less. You have less fans like in your corner to hype you up. I'm yeah. sure Bjergsen catches a lot of shit. The same way Doublelift does, being vocal as he is and stuff. A lot of people are probably wanting to catch you when when you fuck up. But the difference is when you have the good plays, you have this whole corner that's ready to hype you up. Whereas I think some of the people don't don't have that.
0: But back okay, back to this though. Is I think Biofrost better than the treats?
1: I think he's better for what they need in the Golden Guardian series, and I don't think they should keep flip-flopping um, playoffs. I th- I think that feels pretty fucking bad. And even Doublelift, I think, in the interview again, said, you know, it's really weird to have to make a call, and that was one of the reasons he was so stressed out, was, was this kind of decision that they had to make at support. Yeah, it I mean, seems- I think... Sorry, go ahead. Was-
7: no, no, you go, you go. It. I was just gonna say, it seems like, and this is just speculation, but it definitely seems like Doublelift is not happy playing with treats just from watching, like, interviews and tsm legends gives a slight little hint into that like i don't know if i'm reading too much into it but it definitely seems like he prefers to play with bio i mean
1: i think that's probably true and kind of what what we've been saying beforehand i think i always think it's really weird to make roster changes uh like especially when tsm did i think it was like right at the end of the season they decided to try treats um Just because I think regardless of how good the players are, there's just going to be a benefit you get from, you know, just so much time together. Like what Doubles was saying about Biofrost, he just knows what he's going to do. He knows what he's going to look for. And when you have two players that have never played together, no matter how good they are, there's always going to be like little small things where it's like, you know, we come to a fork in the road. And if you know one player is always going to go one way, and then you play with someone else, and now you have to be like, oh, like, what's he going to do here? that kind of thing. It can just definitely hurt your synergy and hurt your cohesion. So I think generally um, roster changes like that uh, don't typically work very well. And I think it's, I think it's not super helpful and it, it can definitely hurt team dynamic. Cause then it's like, you start losing trust in one another. If, uh, if it's like, if you're the player getting cycled out, it's like, okay, you know, now I feel like I'm constantly having to prove myself that I, that I am a good support. So maybe they're going to start overplaying situations they don't need to, that sort of thing. Like, maybe they're never going to want to have to pick the slightly losing matchup for the team because, you know, oh, I'm going to look like shit if I play Braum here. Like, give me fucking Zyra support and I'll just pad the stats, that sort of thing. So uh, definitely don't think making that kind of roster change at the time they did was good for either player. And I don't know who's better. Like, it's really hard to tell, but definitely seems like the the team more used to BioFrost, so I think they should just play with him. It's clearly bio by
7: their tweet.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Real. <laughs> yeah. Well, they figured out who the better player is. Uh Blue Jay, any shout outs before we move on to the next color? Uh
7: yeah, I, I just want to say I hope that you don't like I hope that like the viewership on the Pertillo interview like stops you from doing those things. I really liked that interview. I thought it was fucking dope. Uh, and one other quick thing is um chat like i I don't mind taking flame because i I don't know i just i'm not bothered by it for some reason but i've noticed in past episodes there's like new callers that get a lot of flame so try to try to ease up on those guys a little bit because like it's hella nerve-wracking when like you're new onto this kind of show so that that, that's it though
0: so the the portillo interview i was hoping it would hit 15k and eventually it did so i think i'm not worried about about doing that stuff in the future and i really like telling stories so i'm not super view motivated it's more just like I get disappointed whenever I do something that I think is really good. And I just am sad when people don't watch the thing that I think is really yeah,
7: good. Yeah, it was hell of, dude, like that story to how he, I don't know. It's really funny anyway, but yeah. yeah. So either way, rough. thank you. And
0: I, and I really do appreciate you saying, cause like the Twitch chat does love to just hard flame the shit out of callers who are like nervous and are maybe not, you know, they're so used to like, people who are streamers or people, they, I think a lot of folks don't realize how nerve wracking it can be whenever there's like thousands of people hearing you talk and you're well, you it might is be talking to people. Funny, like,
7: right. Sometimes like it's funny, but you got to kind of stop that urge yeah. a little bit because you got to realize the effect that you're having when you're doing that kind of thing.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Blue Jay.
7: All right. Yeah. I'm out. Have a good one. See, you. See you guys. Yeah.
0: I like that. The theme for this, uh, this week's show is just don't be a dick. um, Mark, speaking of don't be a dick, do you want to go grab our next caller? Yeah, there you go. Uh, we got Wiggles. Thank you for the nine months. Namslam gifted a sub to LS, which is awesome because LS started using uh, the emotes. Monkey, Bluffy, Snarf051, Muzak, Dardios. And uh, I think that's... We'll get to the others in a second because Lil' Chester is here. Lil' Chester, you, you've been messaging me on Discord being like, oh, I knew that my take was right, and here's my next take, and oh, look, that one was right, too. And so I'm, I'm very curious. Where are you calling from?
8: Uh, actually, I moved since the last time I was on. I'm now outside of Springfield, Missouri.
0: Springfield, Missouri. Well, what do you – and by the way, I don't want to encourage people to message me with their takes and all <laughs> this right, stuff. Don't, don't do what he's, he's doing because I, I resent those people. Anyway, <laughs> Chester, what's your take?
8: So uh, on episode 132, I called in um, to talk about Golden Glue on EG, and at the end of it, uh, you and I actually talked about how you wanted to auto-qualify C9. Um, oh, just to God. remind you that that happened. But I also I said didn't that-
0: say I wanted to auto-qualify them. I posed okay, a hypothetical situation.
1: No one cares. Let it keep going. It's 9:40. We got to get through but, to these.
8: Uh, So my my offhand comment at the end of that was that Blabber is a system jungler, and I think that that has never been more true and never had better evidence of that than last week versus what I think this week will look like. I think Cloud9 is going to 3-0 TSM, just like I thought last week they would lose 3-1 to FlyQuest because Blabber is a very talented mechanical jungler, and I don't think that the caller who earlier said that he has a champion pool problem was right. I think it's a playstyle problem. He needs a mid laner who's on champions and will play around him, and so I think if you look last week when they 3-0'd Evil Geniuses, uh, Nisqy played Twisted Fate three times in a row. And I think they just need to play that kind of style. And as, if the other team doesn't have a jungler who can hold him down and keep him from stacking dragons and getting his laners ahead, I think they're just going to run away with it. And I don't think that Speak is the kind of guy who's going to be able to hold him down and keep him from getting the leads that he needs to get Cloud9 to win games.
0: Medios, uh, you're familiar with jungling, I believe.
8: Yes. He is. I, I've done it a couple of times. Uh, so what is
1: I, I
2: okay, want to first like,
1: get your, your opinion on um the, the term system jungler. It's kind of a holdover from a classical sports um for like system running back or system player and uh, basketball and other stuff. So. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not familiar with the term. I haven't heard it in league. Context. So it's, it's kind of usually used to say like the team has a, like a, a way that they like to play the game and they slot you in and the system mm. is what makes you look good. So like, um, you might have this really aggressive front line in a, for a running back and he's able to use that to get a lot of yards. But then when you put him in another team that doesn't have like this, this way of, of, of blocking, like you don't look as good or in, in basketball, like you might have a motion offense or something, or, you know, like a triangle offense. And yeah.
0: Tom Brady, I believe is an example of this, right? Mark? Yeah. He,
1: T- Tom Brady is a great point guard. He runs a really good triangle offense yeah the spurs or um, phil
0: jackson's triangle i think is another example yeah
1: there you go you're actually on, on a little bit with that one uh but it's basically the idea that you know you're playing within a system and it, the system is what's making you look good you might be a great player still but if you were put somewhere else you wouldn't be able to perform the same level so the, the argument for blabber would go c9 bends over backwards to prop him up if you put him on another team that didn't play this way he wouldn't look good. okay yeah i mean th- th- that term makes sense I don't know if I would classify Blabber as that, though, because I've played against Blabber a lot, and I don't think I've ever beat him in a competitive game, and I rarely beat him in solo queue. Like, this dude is fucking good at jungling, and it's not because he's doing something systematic. It's because he's really hard to predict what he's going to do. Like, generally, I've said this before, but generally when I'm jungling, I'll have an idea of what the other jungler is trying to do, like what his options are. And sometimes it's like, you know, the jungler will be doing what's expected, or if they're doing what's not expected, it's either they're doing something better or worse. And with a lot of the times, it'll be like someone's just doing some troll shit and you just (laughs) win off that. But with Blabber, it's kind of the opposite. It's like, it's really hard to predict what he's going to do, and he's almost never doing stupid things. So, I do think C9 has struggled, and uh, I think it it was a little weird. Blabber hasn't been playing as much Graves um, as some other teams. But I think he's extremely creative as a jungler, and he's very smart, which I think is why he's so good at winning, right? Like, if you look at his solo queue stats or his competitive win rate, this dude's, like, 70-80% win rate all the time. And I don't think that's because of luck or because of people are setting him up. I think he's just genuinely very talented. Do you think there's a world
0: where he performs better or looks better because... Because there's this theory, right? Especially whenever it was Fenskaren into Blabber both getting MVPs, that, like, Nisqy is the one that's enabling these junglers to find the success that they're having, um, or at least amplifying their existing skills. So is there a world where like, let's say you swap Nisky for Bjergsen, um, to use the the Mimi joke for example, do you think there's a, a chance that Blabber suddenly looks way worse because perhaps, you know, Bjergsen's not gonna enable him the way that Nisky does?
1: Oh, certainly. I mean, I think that 100% players, um, I, I've always thought that a really good way of sort of telling how good a player is Is by looking at them on different teams, you know, if you have that option, like if they've played on different teams and just seeing, you know, how does the team look with them on it versus how does that team look with other players on it. And so I think Niski is definitely one of those players. He's probably going to make every single jungler he plays with look very good because of the way he plays. I don't think he calls for help at bad times. I think that he's super self sufficient and he finds a lot of plays on his own where, you know, when I'm playing against C9, Nisky's so annoying to play against because he'll just do stuff like he'll just leave his mid wave at neutral if he has push and just run at me while I'm doing the crab and start trying to kill me. I'm just like, man, fuck off. Like, let me get this crab. <laughs> and it's I'm like, no other mid laner would do that. So I think that those are the kind of things that it's never going to show up on a stat screen. You're never going to have, like, some way of measuring it. But it's just kind of, like, good things to do. And I think Nisky's a really good player at that. He seems to just understand what's going on really well with the game he times all the flashes for his team as the mid laner uh he plays very selfish or not selfishly selflessly and so i think that is a big part of what helps blabber do well but at the same time i'm not convinced he would look bad on another team i think that he will probably excel in any situation he's in but obviously you know the better situation for him the the better overall results he can get
0: So, I mean, that sounds like it kind of works against your theory there, Chester.
8: Well, I want to clarify a little bit what I meant by system jungler because I think Mark's definition was fair, but I also think that what I'm trying to say is that he's a great player. I don't think he's not great. I mean, I I have no question in my mind that he's one of the most talented junglers in North America, if not the best mechanically and otherwise, but it's a force multiplier. His team plays around him and they enable him to do these weird, like unusual things. They enable him to get ahead. They enable him to play aggressively. And so it's, you know, Tom Brady is like the classic example of people call him a system quarterback. Like, I don't think Tom Brady outside of the, I guess we'll see this year now, uh, outside of the Patriot system is a bad player or that he wouldn't do well. I think that what happens is C9 plays around Blabber and enables him to be the creative playmaking jungler that he is that leads them to victories. And I think last weekend when you saw FlyQuest able to hold him down in the early game, you saw them constantly tracking his movements. You saw them uh, refusing to basically let Nisky go make these plays at crab or whatever you saw what happens when uh blabber can't get ahead because i think this cloud nine the way they play they basically follow blabber and if blabber is leading them to victory then they'll win and if they're not then they're not and that's why i think they'll be able to 3 OTSM tsm because i don't think speak is going to be able to do what santorin did to blabber last weekend hmm.
1: I, I mean again talking about teams i think that I I think the way C9 drafting is FlyQuest is no joke, one of the worst ways I've ever seen a team draft. Like, those (laughs) drafts were so trash. They had team comps with zero early pressure and zero CC. Like, I don't know how they thought those were playable. I'm pulling it up just so I have it. So, like, I remember game one. I think Blabber played pretty poorly that game, like, uncharacteristically bad. Uh, He hardcore disrespected Santorin on Lilia and just got Jungle Kingdom. Uh, you know, second game, he was, uh, I think they won that one. He was Lee Sin And again, he had no CC, like a Kali, Yumi, Ezreal, GP, like literally all scaling lanes with no ability to make plays. And he's still finding a lot of good plays with that. So it's hard for me to say that is not playing well, because like, show me a jungler who's going to play well when you draft that way. I feel like it's actually not possible to win when you have that draft. And they no matter were how good you are. The system part, part failed him. Yeah, but that's that's my whole point. That's But that's whole... I mean who who's who show me someone who could win with that. Like <laughs> Yeah, I mean players on winning teams are always going to look better, no doubt, but it's about how they're handling each individual situation. And I think that on average, Blaber handles situations better than any other jungler who's slotted into that exact same situation. They also hard targeted him level 1 in that series like and some of it was his mistake, like you know the, his positioning at Raptors on that first one, and then uh, getting at blue. You could say he could do some different, uh, but it's still they were still invading him every single game and trying to find him and kill him. Uh, so that's he. Probably he also had annoying. to play against Ash first two games. Oh, there we go. And oh, if you don't think Ash is so unfair, <laughs> play jungle one time against an Ash, and you'll be like, what the fuck is this?
0: <laughs> this okay Almost. no more callers callers and mark you can no longer bring up ash on the show for i the didn't bring it up uh, brought, you guys <laughs> don't want to send Medios <laughs> into the he, he gets really upset about this
1: i got a question Medios. what do you think about TSM's system for their junglers of turning them into <laughs> wards do you think that's the system you want to play for <laughs> uh, i mean i i think it it's, it's definitely a weird thing where, like, I don't think that TSM is actively sitting there being, like, you can't carry, you have to be a ward. But I think it probably just comes down to, like, their philosophy on, like, how lanes should be played and, like, what junglers should have to do. Because, you know, if, if I'm on a team where I have a player who's just, like, if my lane is in this situation, you have to come or there's actually nothing I can do. And then, as a jungler, what can you do there? Your hands are kind of tied. Are you going to be, like, no, fuck you, dude. Like. I'm not coming to help you because then they'll just hate you and it'll make a terrible team environment so I do feel like it's probably the case that junglers feel like there's a lot of things that like they have to be doing like I'm guessing a lot of TSM's reviews look like hey like on this wave the wave was in this position and you definitely should have been here so then when you know you're being told in review and being told by your teammates and coaches that it's like okay you know like I just have to keep being like more and more selfless. I should like be giving up more camps, not playing for my own advantage. You'll kind of end up looking that way. So it's it's really hard to say from the outside, but I imagine something like that's going on. And and it was it was mostly a meme. I think it was Spika, too. To a short time about this, Spika doesn't feel like Ward. You know the way people have talked about TSM feeling that way before. I feel like he looks like he's being pretty pretty impactful in their their games. Uh, Maybe a little hit or miss, but at least yeah, I see him... I, I, think, I think Speak has been playing very well. Um, And, and definitely to kind of add to what I was saying earlier, Um, like, just the, the more breathing room you get as a player, I think that that sort of allows your skill to come out. So, you know, if, if you... And, and it comes to, like, what your teammates are willing to deal with, too. Like, I think with Niski, he's willing to, like, play TF or play Galio, and just totally sack his lane. And he's confident that he's like, okay, even if I'm in a disadvantaged lane state, I know I'm not going to lose the game for us. Like, I'll still be able to play. I'll still find windows. But I can tell you firsthand, a lot of players will be like, as soon as they're in a disadvantaged situation, they go, fuck me, like, nothing I can do. I'm in a bad spot. Coach gap, team gap, can't do anything. Not my fault. And that's just like the worst mentality. But unfortunately, a lot of players have that. And so um, that can definitely like hurt a jungler.
0: Well, Chester. To me-
8: oh, sorry.
0: Go ahead and finish your thought, and then I was um... going to
8: say, to Medios's point about the FlyQuest series. I, again, I'm not saying that Niski is bad, or even necessarily, pl- or uh, Blabber, excuse me, is bad, or necessarily played bad. But I think you saw that he excels when he's playing from ahead. He excels when his team plays around him. And when they're not able to do that, he doesn't look as good as some other players. I think if there were other junglers who were put behind with level one invades or with the way Santorin was playing and the way FlyQuest was playing, I think some other junglers maybe could have made more out of those disadvantages and those kind of uh, forced losses than Blabber did. But I think Blabber, better than any person in North America, can take a lead and just take over a game. I mean, we saw it all of the first half of the split. But then when the meta changed and when his team wasn't able to play around him, especially Niski as much as the champions in mid started their change away from like the Galio and the TF, I think you started to see him struggle because he needs to be ahead to be successful or as successful.
0: Well, we I don't, I'm sure we could talk around this a ton, uh, but unfortunately we're, we've got two more callers. So Chester, any shout outs before we move on to the next caller?
8: In uh, the theme of people being nice and being good people. Um, so I took the bar exam. I talked about that a couple of times when I called in. Uh, at the end of July, and there were actually quite a few people who reached out and sent me really nice messages or left really nice comments on some of the videos or even the Twitch comments, um, which I know isn't always the case, but there are at least some nice people in your community, so I just wanted to kind of encourage that. Um, It really did help, especially with everything going on in the world. Having to take the test was really not fun at that time, but there were definitely some people who really kind of helped me to feel better about that process and kind of encouraged me.
0: That's awesome. Uh, That's good to hear. I actually do think that the community around around my content around mark and my content more of my content because mark is kind of toxic but uh i do think it's it's one of the nicer communities in the league scene so i i'm always really appreciative whenever i hear stories like that because it helps reaffirm the the suspicions that i have either way congratulations on that also wait did i gift you way of kings
8: you did and i'm getting ready to start it this week actually now that i kind of have some time before i start my new job um I'm going to get it started and then I'll watch your video afterwards and I'll give you some feedback since we're doing direct uh, feedback now. No, no, no. no. We're talking <laughs> uh,
0: about how nice the community is. It's a good, one. not less. It can
8: be nice. It doesn't have to be mean. Either I mean, way, by the way, shout out,
0: shout out to the video Mark and I did uh, for way of Kings Chester. Thank you so much for the call.
8: Yeah. Thanks for having me. Okay, thank you.
0: All right. Moving on to the next caller. We got a true pyro chimp. Thank you for the nine months. Revenge. Sherman James, uh, Quister Twister, and uh, Mimo 19, and Grace and a Gotham. Great Clockworm is here. Also, I believe, a sub, right? Yes, I'm a sub. Have you been on the show before? I feel like you have been recently.
3: I have
4: been on the show a couple of times, sometimes under a different alias, similar to Blue Jay, and occasionally
0: Tom Shue. What? Why are people anyway? Whatever. Okay, what do what you with the podcast?
4: Because there's a there's a week where everyone came. On no, like, I was I was I was I was
0: the guy we talked about. Um, vain Oh, that's uh, right. Okay. Where? What do you? Yeah, where we, are you calling run from? Run. I'm calling from Richmond, Virginia. What do you want to talk about on the show?
4: Um, I want to talk about the actual two good teams in our league, FlyQuest and Team Liquid. We're talking about third and fourth. We should be talking about first and second, right?
0: Uh, no, okay. but um,
4: um, I'm talking about. I would like to talk about how um, FlyQuest. Um, is actually a pretty good favorite going in against Team Liquid. And I think that they um, had an edge on them in the regular season. I think they matched into them really stylistically. And I think especially after their... I think you could qualify it as a kind of a surprise that they came out swinging so well against C9 and took them down 3-1. Um, I think that um, they show that they, they, they just fundamentally under, understand how to shut down an opponent. Um, they have top three players in... In each role, um, and I, I highly expect for them to um, take the dub against Team Liquid book a spot to the finals.
0: Are you, or do you think FlyQuest is the best team in North America right now?
4: Um, I would say that, um, I would put my money on Cloud9 beating TSM. Um, and then, uh, if Cloud9 looks good in that series, I, I would definitely take them against. I team thought you wanted to
0: talk about the two best teams in North I know,
4: America. That's what I'm saying. I am saying, Cloud9. I am saying, I am saying that, like, um, no matter what happens, FlyQuest beating Team Liquid, they will yes yeah, cement themselves as you know the best team. Like they earned their spot in the finals. Yeah, there. Uh, the, I'm a I'm a Cloud9 fan. Their win against Cloud9 really impressed me. I, I was watching it. You know, it, it was frustrating. I was like, damn, they just understand how to shut down Blaber. Santorin played out of his mind. Powerbeel played out of his mind. I think Solo did really well. I mean, there was that one game where he was just like zero and six on Shen, but he was just like changing every team fight and like getting three man taunt stuff. I yeah, think he yeah. looked great. So, I mean, um, I think that, like, when the, the previous caller, he was talking about how, like, yeah, Santorin just, like, understood how to shut down Blaber, and the team adapted, and they were just invading him, they were making really proactive plays, um, they, they they were tracking really well. Um, I think we can fully expect FlyQuest to be doing similar things with, like, CoreJJ, and just, like, understanding how to shut down CoreJJ, and understanding um, how to keep Jensen contained, and just, like, I have a lot of faith in them. And of course, like just the kind of pure quality of the people that play on that team. They're all very good players that I think have at various times for the season been slept on because you know there's been a lot of TSM C9 oh, liquid.
0: Medias, uh, does FlyQuest beat Team Liquid?
1: I would put my money on Liquid, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's super uh like one sided. I think um definitely FlyQuest does look good. You know, they they've showed up, they perform very well, especially in playoffs. I think that, for me, the way the series looks is, I think FlyQuest, what they've always impressed me with is their mid-jungle synergy is, like, really good. Um, they usually find a way to, for both of them to get ahead, like Santorin and Power of Evil. Um, typically, I see them gank mid a lot, and I think that Santorin and Ignar are good at controlling the map through vision and pressuring it in smart places. I just think that Liquid probably has a bit of an edge on them, because I think... For top lane, both of the top laners are playing the correct champions in the correct style. So I think uh, solo against impact is going to be kind of even. I I would expect uh, mid jungle is probably going to go in FlyQuest favor just because I think I think they have a little bit better synergy. Typically, it looks like, uh, at least from what I've seen, Broxa plays early game to sort of like farm up, get CS leads in the jungle. But he hasn't really needed to make tons of early game plays, whereas I think Santorin's super good at that. And so uh, I'll probably give the edge mid-jungle to FlyQuest. But I think bot lane is probably going to be pretty advantageous for Team Liquid. I think that uh, Tactical Core JJ is looking so strong right now. And while Turtle and Ignar are playing well, you know they're not by any means playing poorly. I just think that uh, the difference in bot lane for Team Liquid is going to be enough to sort of like... Swing in their favor for me. I think, um, the the, looking at how repeatable some of those things are as well from the C9 series, like that was the Sven Ezreal Yumi game every time, and Medios hit on some of the other people they're drafting. I don't think Team Liquid's gonna make those mistakes. Um, and that's like TL in a nutshell. It's like, oh, they're not gonna make that mistake. When I look at other teams, I'm like, oh, they made this mistake. TL doesn't make that mistake. Um, a great example is like the Golden Guardians versus TSM series. I forget I was talking to you about it, and they're like, "Oh wow, Golden Guardians is looking so much better." I'm like, "Really? They're looking about the same. It's just like they're not playing TSM, or excuse me, they're not playing TL." Hmm. <laughs> I don't know how I sent a heart in a. Yeah, I have your. I, thought, uh, I have I Skype I up on the big
0: screen, <laughs> so all of a sudden, a giant heart came up. Sorry, you guys, you couldn't see that, but uh, it is a Skype Mark's, thing. Mark's sending hearts to us in the middle of his speeches. During...
1: It's because in Skype, there's like this blinking heart for React on my screen. I'm like, what is this? So I clicked it to try and get rid of it, and it sent it. <laughs> Anyways, like uh, TSM had this play in the top lane where they, they pressure top, and then they're trying to get out of there, and two split through the jungle, and then two more people are like, oh, we're going through jungle? We'll go through jungle too. And then yeah, I think it was Bjerg and if pair up together, and they get caught out, in this the Lux game, and they get killed. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, and it's like, TL just wouldn't make that mid-game mistake of have pathing incorrectly through the jungle to escape and kill themselves. They would just get out cleanly, and that's, every time I watch a team make a mistake, I'm like, ah, TL probably wouldn't do that. TL probably wouldn't do that. So, I don't think TL's gonna have these draft issues. I don't think uh, the really smart level ones that they seem to have are gonna affect them quite as much. Um, and then, I think kind of how you saw the not super clean game too, where FlyQuest threw against, uh, um, uh, god damn C nine, yeah that that uh, Dragon Fiesta, yeah is like, the Dragon yeah. Fiesta, and they Sacks, the Chase, and yeah, all those kinds of things. Like I'm concerned that FlyQuest, as well as they're they're playing, will make some some mistakes like that, and, and TL will be able to capitalize. So I'm still TL favored. I love FlyQuest though, uh, and I I prefer how they play the game, but. C9 is like a, or TL is like a brick wall. I just, I just don't.
4: I mean, team, last time they played, they got clapped by FlyQuest.
1: Yeah. I mean.
4: And, and in the, we, I think, I think I actually talked about this with you and Travis, like, like the, the last, last time I called it was definitely a FlyQuest call. And we were talking about how um, you mentioned that for a significant portion of the season, FlyQuest was playing with like the worst ADC in the league. <laughs> And you know, no no flame to match. I mean, we just had this thing about no flaming, but I mean, he definitely was a step below a lot of our, our league ADCs. And he mentioned that um, you know, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but we did talk about this that you know, if FlyQuest in that game against Team Liquid, they have a super advantageous game state. I don't think Wild Turtle Arcane shifts right into a you know, Fed Azir. I mean, I don't going don't into think that hypothetical happens.
1: land, but I also don't think that the same thing's going to happen as when. Flyquest BTL where Impact yeah I mean, face, check, face checks the cannon on a gank attempt kills himself <laughs> when Brox is trying to okay get yeah it I off. do remember that
4: yeah that was and, a pretty it bad cannon throws game throws
1: the whole fucking game away so like yeah that's
4: true um I think it's you're right when you say that like Team Looks is a brick wall they're not gonna yeah like walk into the the, the little tribe bush on the side of the river and then just get cut off and you know make make dumb mistakes like that and obviously Cloud9 kind of shot themselves in the foot like yeah we are doing as Yumi four games in a row. But um I I think that there there's more to it than that. And I think um I think the quality of the players are all very evenly matched and I would agree with Medios when he says that I would take Power of Evil and Santorin against uh, Jensen uh Broxa. Cause I think Jensen and Broxa still have some synergy issues, which Santorin and Power of Evil like very clearly don't. Um and I, I just think that FlyQuest are, are definitely coming in this with a lot of momentum. Team Liquid of course also won their series, but I just think FlyQuest are favored and, and they, they have a better like grasp of how to just like shut down an opponent and just like, you know, take control in, especially like over a series.
0: Well, uh, we have to, to move on. So I got one, well, two last things, one, there's a hype train going in Twitch chat. Thank you to everybody subbing. Secondly, uh, do you guys think FlyQuest will get exposed when they run out of things that kind of rhyme with flying? Because <laughs> you know they did tree quest and they did sea quest, so what are they gonna do next year?
1: How does fly Either of those rhyme, rhyme with fly. Yeah, oh, it, they, they kind
0: of rhyme. Like for instance, so if you wanted to do like, uh, if you wanted to do like fly and climate tree? quest, <laughs> I don't know if rhyme at all. Climate quest. You know, like it's you get. Uh,
4: I saw I saw a guy. Um, I think it was on Reddit, <laughs> and they were talking about how. Um, Travis, I swear I'm not trolling you here. They says that that fly should do cat quest next and like give to like big cat preserves and so, like have tiger tigers exotic, and lions and in, stuff in this
0: notepad thing. I wrote, well, fly get exposed when they run out of things that kind of rhyme with fly. All right. I said, kinda,
1: but that's like me saying it's kind of raining out when it's purely sunny. Like, it's just, it's not true. I it, mean, they're it, both
0: weather. It's, it's, they're both yeah, but, weather, though. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> they don't that trip. are that <laughs> are mo- mono- that are monosyllable, and are consonant into two vowels. You know what I mean? But that's not a rhyme. That's I know. I'm other- fi- fine. <laughs> Whatever is the actual thing that tree <laughs> and sea are.
1: There's enough biomes for them to try and fucking preserve. They'll be okay. They got icebergs and shit. Ice Iceberg quest. quest. Yeah. Bee quest. Save the bees.
0: Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I think bee quest. Bee quest is the is obvious cute. one. Yeah. I B just think I worry cute. for yeah. them long term, yeah. and I think I worry more for them on that term than them losing to Team Liquid.
4: Ozone Great clockwork.
0: Eighty shoutouts. Um.
4: Yeah, I got two I quick ones. Fluoro, uh,
1: your fluorocarbon quest or whatever that shit's called. I'll keep going. Sorry, just ignore me.
4: No, you're good. Um, I I have two quick shout outs. One, um, I think. CLG going 4-2 and like saying, Hey, you guys should respect us more. We we're we're definitely in the top tier. And then immediately going one and eleven is probably the funniest shit that's happened in the LCS in like forever. Um and Alfari, if you're listening, please jump off of origin. You're the you're like the best player in the West, and they drag you down to 10th. So mad respect to Alfari. Um, but thanks for thanks for having me again. I'm a no, I, I'm He a, listens every
0: week, up? so I'm sure he'll appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, yeah. Oh, right.
4: I'm, I'm praying we're for you. Thank popular, you guys. We're very popular in Europe. Yeah, oh yeah. Thank us. you guys.
0: Yeah. We got 45 seconds left on this hype train. We might fail at level two. Mark's grabbing the last caller. But quick shout out to the people who are driving the hype train right now. Poro on Mars, Kryptonix LOL, uh Lil Chester, the Heart Shot King, or the Hearshot Shot Here, Here's Hot King, Here Shot King. Kid. CDK Rogue, Robzilla, and Kez 349. 22 seconds. We are we so oh thank god. Hoy Deham, WTF Osaurus, Yauna with the hundred bits. What's yauna Either way. LS is is spamming the scam train emote right now, which is he's he's trying to earn back my Position, his position as a uh, number one co-streamer in my heart from Sneaky and Medios. you so can tell whenever he helps me sell out. That's what's going on there. Uh, <laughs> now everybody's scamming it. Thank you. Mark here with our caller, Barbinator twenty-four. Our last caller of the evening, Barb. Where are you calling from?
9: Uh, I am calling from Oconomowoc, Wisconsin.
0: Can you say that city name one more time?
9: Uh, Oconomowoc.
0: Oconomico- Oconomowoc? What a Wisconsin yeah. name. Anyway, sorry. Uh, what, what do you want to talk about on the show?
9: Uh, so basically what I believe is true is that uh, all the coaching staffs in NA are garbage and that it's both a style and um, strategy aspect. And that is why NA is always doing terrible at Worlds except for the one year that cloud nine did well.
2: That's a spicy one. I
0: feel as though
2: you want to touch it. You want
1: to, well, I'm just going to say really quick The,
0: I mean, it's a spicy one. I don't ever look and be like, Oh man, look at all these mechanical God players. If only the drafts were slightly better, we'd be crushing everybody else. Whenever I'm watching worlds, (laughs) you know, it's not like, Oh man, he's out playing Faker in the mid lane. But he just has such a shit champion late game that he can't pull it off. Um but anyway, I'm curious what, what Meteos, someone who has uh, historically been critical of coaches, has to say about uh, coaches in North America.
1: Right. Um Well I definitely think I'm probably one of the only players who feels comfortable to actually criticize coaches because, you know, if if you're not someone who's been around for a while, you you're just gone if you say that. And talk um, shit about your bosses in some sense. Right. And and I'm not gonna sit here and say like every North American coach and analyst is trash. I will say that I think I just feel like sometimes the scene is too young to try to model after the classical sport infrastructure where it's like, you know, the coach is up here and all the players are like down here way below them. Because with games like football, basketball, or whatnot, they've kind of remained the same for a long ass time. And like, there, there's just things you can kind of objectively coach your players on. But I think with League, it's just so different. It's a game that's constantly evolving. You know, every two weeks, the game can just completely be changed up. And so I think it's more just the case that no one really exists who's qualified to do the kind of coaching that teams attempt to do. You know, where, like, the coach is the guy who's supposed to know everything and then the players just listen to him. Because I feel like the the smartest people in League right now are, are just playing the game. Like, I, I think that the smartest players are still players right now. I think in the future when those players like finish playing or whatnot, they can become coaches who are, you know, understand what it's like to be a player a little bit more, understand the game a little bit more. And so I think it's more just the issue of like the infrastructure that teams are trying to have, especially since franchising, just doesn't really fit the sort of culture of of the game, if that makes sense. Cause I mean, I'm from the old days, right? Like, Back in my day, it was—I well, actually said that ironically. Um, <laughs> you, oh, no. you like you just had your players, and then I remember when coaches became a thing in the LCS. I don't even think LCS started with coaches being there, no. and it was literally like you would just get your friend to come, like stand on stage with you and tell you what champs you guys decided. I remember the there were there
0: were away. definitely some some coaches on stage who were just. Like, that was great. I remember that. Here, sorry, continue. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's like, like you literally just get your friend to come up, and then it's like the the team won. So, like, for example, with Cloud9, we had Alex Penn as our coach. And, like, no disrespect to Alex Penn, like, love the dude, but he, he didn't, like, sit there coaching us, telling us what to do. It was more like he was just sort of assisting us. He would, like, run the replay. He would, like, make sure we weren't, uh, like, imploding because we're, a bunch of gamers who don't really know how to live, kind of like more of a manager position than the actual coach telling people what to do. Because, I mean, I, I know from experience, like when I'm not actually playing and I'm just watching games, it's really easy to be like, you know, this is totally what you should have done. But the problem is a lot of the time I think coaches are just wrong on their reads of stuff. And it's like a, a lot of their analysis and stuff is very hindsight-y where it's like the coach coaches a lot of the time will um tell the player you know, how to not make that exact mistake they just made, which and that's fucking easy to do. Like, I can easily not make the same mistake I just made but is that going to actually make me a better player? Like, a lot of the time or, or say you get punished making the right play like, I think it's just hard for coaches to actually know that kind of stuff. So, like, I'm, I'm not even, uh, like, going to shit talk coaches because i worked with some really good coaches. Like, I have a lot of respect for Tony, like Zix on 100 Thieves. I think he was, like, a very good coach. As far as like, you know, the the available coaches, I think that in the future, it's just going to be possible for coaches to be a lot better because of like you know, the game just being older. I think right now it's still in its infancy, and the coaches that these teams are like looking for just don't exist yet. So, I, I think it's it's more an issue of the structure of the team than the coaches themselves.
0: But within like, the Barb was saying this within the context of us and failing at Worlds. So theoretically, shouldn't all the other regions have the same issues with coaching? Mm.
1: Uh, I mean, I think it's pretty unrelated. I think that, you know, I, I think people, people like writing it off as an excuse, but, like, I don't think NA is ever winning Worlds until you have something other than 60 ping solo queue. Like, it, it, to me, before the servers moved, I was always on League all day, every day, like, never taking breaks. It was actually enjoyable and it felt rewarding to play the game, but playing on Sixty Ping is just trash. It's so bad. Like complaining that doesn't do anything. You just have to accept it. But I don't see how you can possibly compete when you have such a small player base. Most of the players don't even care about being competitive. They're just one tricks or whatever. Uh, there's a, most people just want to become entertainers rather than competitors in North America. So I, I think the solo queue is the biggest thing that's going to forever hold the region back unless something gets done about it. Like You know, maybe League just becomes way more popular. We're able to have two servers, like a West Coast and an East Coast. So I think that more than anything else is why North America is just like can't perform because like it's harder to actually improve individually compared to the people in like Korea, China, Europe, whatever. Um, Well, on that depressing
0: note, Mark, you got to take. No,
1: I was going to throw in the the two cents about because you made it brought back to to the world's point, uh, which I, I liked because. I don't I don't wanna f- like flame coaches who have won worlds. Obviously they're better coaches than I am, but some of those people have actually worked in North America before they've won. I believe I forget which Chinese team it was, but one of them one of their coaches was Big Coach Four, I believe. The the dignitas coaching staff that had the two Korean coaches. I think his name was, was one of the choice. I don't remember. I'm I'm fumbling this a little bit, but but there was a coach who like worked in North America, then worked in China and won worlds, and it's like was you it know, Fly? I think it was Fly. No, Fly, Fly worked a lot of places. I don't think he won Worlds. It was oh. one of the Dignitas coaches when they fired them mid-split. Uh, oh. Coach Kim. And then Coach Dignitas had okay.
0: CoreJJ2. Wow, Dig ah. just generating World Champions. Sorry, continue.
1: Yeah, so Coach Kim is the one that, that uh, Twitch chat has me on. Yeah, so, like, and I know people who, who were under him on Dig at that time, we're not like, oh my god, this guy's one v nine and like whatever. I know that some people had negative perceptions of him, um, and and working with with them. So like, I don't think it's just the coaching staff because we we've, we've had good coaches here, we've had bad coaches here, we've imported coaches as well, um, and some of them have worked out and have been great, like Rapid Star and Reaper. As far as we we can tell, they've been great. Kane seems to have been great, um, you know, like. I think it goes beyond just coaching staff is what I'm saying.
9: I would agree with you. Uh, I think it has a lot to do with uh, players are held to a much different standard in other regions than they are here. I'm not saying that our players don't work as hard. as they do in other regions, I just think they're held to different standards. Uh, constructive criticism is something that's probably done a little bit differently, say, in China or the LCK. But I I I think all of your points have been right on. I just think that the game needs to develop more. And I think that we need to maybe think out of the box a little bit more than we do. It seems like whenever a metal meta develops, whether it's a meta in our region or the other regions, we just lock ourselves into that meta, regardless of whether it's good or not. And I don't see enough teams innovating enough or not. I'm not sure if scrims if you guys try different things and, 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 and play around a little bit more in there or if it's more of just playing the meta.
0: Bar- Barb, I really appreciate the take. I, I think we're pushing in a direction that unfortunately we don't have time to, to go down, but I, I do appreciate it. Any shout-outs before we wrap up the show?
9: Uh, just uh, looking forward to the fourth book of the Stormlight Archives in November. That's about it.
0: Nice. Appreciate it. Thanks uh, for the call, and we'll catch you next time.
9: Thank no you. problem.
0: Thank you. This show is unofficially sponsored by Brandon Sanderson and Tor Books. Anyway. I
1: think we sponsor Brandon Sanderson. What? We're not sponsored. Because it, we're pushing. Like, yes, yeah.
0: It's, the show's sponsored by him because we're promoting his stuff so much. Oh, I guess. That's, that's how true, sponsorships yeah. work. My I'm not paying not Alienware really. to promote them on this show. If,
2: if We're
1: not? If that,
0: <laughs> it's, this is Give a really expensive I'm, show I'm, to, have, for me. I have to pay Mark and Alienware. Idiot. Get me out of here, dude. Get, <laughs> get me out. Mark. What what shout outs, plugs, what do you want to throw out there before we go to Medios?
1: Uh nothing. I'm an idiot.
3: Great.
0: Thanks for that. Uh Medios. What do you want to shout out? Your co stream?
1: Yeah, uh, I think that's about it. You know, been co streaming. Gonna be live again on Saturday for what is it? The C nine it, it's C9 T S M first, right? I think so. Yeah. No.
0: It's Let me check.
1: Maybe it is. I don't know.
0: I thought it was.
2: I
1: think it is because but... I thought yeah, regardless We'll be live on Saturday. So, yes, uh, it is come check me out there. Follow my tw- uh, Twitter for updates. It's my most active social media, medios.lol. Stream is twitch.tv slash medios. And, uh, yeah, have a lot of fun with that one. Hope to see some new faces there.
0: Please go check it out. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. I've been really enjoying the medios sneaky co stream. I think it's, it's, uh, I like the two person dynamic of them going back and forth. And it's obvious that it definitely feels like you guys are just chilling. And then every now and then, calling Twitch chat people stupid for flaming somebody.
1: Uh, I, I'm I'm sad I can't watch co streams because I'm always working during them. You should.
2: Uh, I am, I'm.
1: You not should anyway. You
0: should be like, yeah, dash. That's great. That's great. But Medios just said that so and so was clapping some cheeks in that game. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, thanks everyone for watching. Thank you to Alienware. Thank you to Medios for coming on the show. I uh, was super glad that he was able to come on because always a great guest and. Uh, Please stick around on stream. It would be very helpful for me. Oh, and subscribe to the YouTube channel because I am actually trying to hit 200K subs. That would be very nice. I don't know if I'm going to do it this year, but uh, that would be very, very helpful. Anyway, this has been Hotline League episode 137.